Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Yo, 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 everybody, welcome into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio here on our Sunday morning tradition. That is that being said, year number nine, episode number 23 gets on the way. Big show planned as Cuero and I have completely forgot how many weeks it really is until opening day kickoff. Four preseason games kicking off next week. I don't give prediction in preseason games because I don't care. Really, this is just to get you, get it ready, get guys ready to go out and do what they do, um, which is not much if you're a guy that's going to start. There's no question that the preseason also can be the most dangerous time of the year as guys haven't even hit the field yet and in preseason games get season-ending injuries, hell, even in training camp. And that's already happened already with a couple of guys that are going to be out for the whole season because of the fact of where they are um, in their in their training, they get hurt before they even get out there. It's it, it's really one of those things I think is you know quite infuriating if you are a fan of a certain team or for that matter a fan of a certain guy that could be really there. But lots of other news. So, but this week we are going to hit into the AFC and the NFC East when Cuervo gets there. However, I want to hop into something that we talked about a couple of months ago to get us started here, okay? And that was one Julio Jones. And what I mean by that, everybody, is is really simple. The relationship between Terrell Owens and Julio Jones has moved to exactly where I thought it would. And that is a guy in Terrell Owens whose need to seem relevant has made his way into the ear of a guy who hasn't been known as a pain in the ass in the NFL, actually been kind of cool in reality, guy who just wants to win. You can't really you know, blame him for that. But... Terrell Owens in the ear of Julio Jones right now is not the best thing for the Atlanta Falcons as they move forward as they're going to try to figure out their team. Matt Ryan, Matt Schaub are your back, your quarterback and backup quarterback, respectively. And they are a team that needs to make sure someone can deliver the ball to a guy that is to steal a line from the rock in the wrestling business, the most electrifying quarterback or wide receiver in the NFL. 
Should he get more money and everything else? That's what I want to talk about. This one, this one's really simple. And the fact that Terrell Owens is in his ear, and I'm telling you he's the motivator behind this. Because he did it himself. And frankly, here's what I'm going to tell you. That at the time it was happening, Terrell Owens, when it was with him, him wanting the new contract, he wanted more money, blah, blah, blah. I was actually on Terrell Owens' side. And the main reason why that is is because I got, in my mind, that was coming from him. And frankly, at that time, I felt Terrell Owens needed the money and deserved the money. But with him being in the ear, and I mean in the ear of Julio Jones, getting inside a business that's not his, putting things in the mind of a young wide receiver in Julio Jones, 47, 24 yards since 2015, leads the NFL, 1,000 yards receiving in five of the seven uh, seasons, and five-time Pro Bowl guy. There's no question in my mind this guy deserves his money, but the only problem is, is he's already signed for his money. And he's not necessarily happy with what he signed for because of what's going on out there now with what these guys are going to be signing for. And I got news for you. This is going to be a problem in Atlanta. And we're going to be talking about the NFC South um, uh, next week. And where, how will this affect this football team? And where will he stand on the depth chart during training camp? Now, does Julio Jones need training camp? No. So I think in reality, this is something that might be being a little blown out of proportion. And I say a little because I I think... I, I I honestly believe that I, I think that Julio Jones needs a week. And I I say that also because when you see what these guys are and what they can do, they don't need that much time. But here's the catch on all this. Julio Jones is in camp. So that having been said, of course, that's the name of this show. We got a situation here for the Atlanta Falcons because when you take out, if he decides to sit out, I thought, Mark, I thought he was in camp. He's not in camp. But I'm going to tell you right now, them not having Julio Jones in camp doesn't really affect them per se, but it does affect now, the extent of how much that will affect him, it is. And actually, Mark, that I was correct. He is in camp. But he just wants more money. He wants the deal done. So we got to watch out. That's going to be a great story as we move forward. So let me give you an idea of what we do in here in the Couch Potato Sports Show. 
We have five weeks until the regular season kicks off on the weekend of September 9th. We have five weekends, so we are going to be doing two divisions each week until kickoff, saving that fifth week there for recap and changing of our minds, especially if an injury happens or whatever the case may be. But we're going to start here today in the AFC and NFC East. We're going to go to the South next week. Then we'll go to the North. Then we'll go to the West. And NFC and AFC each time. Now, they give you a schedule. August 19th, that's Sunday. We will not be on air. I will be in Las Vegas. We'll be doing some indoor football business. So I will not be, or I'll probably be flying that day. So, I just want to give everybody the heads up on where we are. So this week and next week and the week after, we will be talking all the way up, and then we'll skip that week and then come back with the NFC West, and then we'll have a review of all of them where we'll go over uh, each and every division, see if we changed our mind, take a look at some of the news, take a look at some of the injuries, take a look at the things that are going to affect what's going to happen from week to week in the NFL. So we're going to be doing that. So now, that also being said, of course, that's the name of this show. Atlanta is going to be in what we talk about next week. We'll find out a little bit more about what's going on. But I want to go to a quick shake-up right now. And what I mean shake-up is until Cuervo gets in here, I want to jump to Canada for a second. Oh, what am I jumping to Canada for? Well, it is simple. There's one man there. There's one guy there that has the attention. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel was actually traded, if you're not keeping track of it, from the Tiger Cats over to the Auger Cats. Now, what does that mean? Well, number one, you're looking at a football team that, for those that don't know, is one and six. They need, and they've been having quarterback problems with injuries and things of that sort. So keep that in mind here. Johnny Manziel, will they come and do it? So watch out for that. By the way, just coming across my screen, Antonio Brown sends out a tweet and says, says Des Bryant, come and play, and let's get the chip. That means championship. So I'm going to tell you, that would be an interesting story. But back to Johnny Manziel, he moves over to the Agronauts, who Mike Sherman is the head coach of that football team. And that name should sound very familiar to a lot of people that do the NFL. And what I'm talking about, he was the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. He was uh, assistant coach with the Texans. Head coach of the Texas A&M Aggies when Johnny was a, uh, uh, a uh, coming in in 2011. That was his last year. Offensive coordinator over in Amy. Yeah, I don't know how to say it. It's Toronto, Agronauts, or whatever the hell they are. All or however you say it. I still haven't said it right. 
Because when I watch, I don't listen to the commentators because they're bad up there. I just watch the games. But he has traded. So this is a big deal. You know, the team is not a very good team that he's got to. He got a couple of pieces. Offensive linemen, uh, Washington was a good pickup for him. And these are some of the names that we know about because these are the names that fall out of the big names, okay, don't end up in the NFL, and they either, A, end up in indoor football in Canada, and I keep track of it. But this guy... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, was with Houston for a while. Is also with Green Bay. So Washington is a good uh, is a good pick here. Um, they pick him up along with it. So they don't have anything to lose now. So they might as well throw Johnny Manziel in. But will he be ready for Game One? Doubt it. Will they put him in? Hell, I don't know. So Mike Sherman, you know, very well known in the NFL. Obviously, there seems to be a problem. He's not getting it across very well up there in Canada. It's a different game, guys. On second down, they don't get one more down to try to get the first. They only get three downs up in Canada. So it's a little bit of a different game, different kind of strategy on how you're going to put it out there. So... You know, I'm not worried about why he didn't play on Friday. I mean, th- this thing just happened on Wednesday. So the fact that he didn't play doesn't bother me. Next week, though, you know, it should raise some eyebrows if Johnny Manziel is not in the lineup. Now, I'm just going to say this as well. And I think I'm past Johnny Manziel getting what he deserves kind of thing, that kind of talk. I think I'm past that, and I'm going to tell you the reason why. And I'm not saying that, you know, Johnny's been a good little boy. Johnny has definitely made himself a good little boy and putting himself, why not give this guy a shot, especially when your team is bad as the team that he's going to. It's not going to hurt. This week, obviously, not knowing the playbook or knowing what's going on, that's fine. But this is where Johnny Manziel can prove himself, and I'm going to tell you the reason why. If he goes out there and has a successful outing next week, what that only can do is and say is he put his nose to the grindstone, learned the playbook, and got ready for the game. And believe me, guys, this is what the NFL and NFL teams are worried about. Is he willing to put the work in? He's going to get a great opportunity to be able to prove that and especially since they need to put him in. Now, I don't know all the details of a lot of the teams in the, in, in, uh, in the CEFL, in Canada, can, uh, in the Canadian Football League. I, I don't. I do a lot of watching of it, uh, but I don't know the players as well, obviously, as the players that are here in the NFL here nationally. But I keep track of them, and when a guy like Johnny Manziel goes up there or when there's talk about a Terrell Owens maybe signing up there, it, it, you, you kind of pay attention. So Johnny Manziel up there, will he get the start next week? Will he won't? Hell, who knows? But I will say this. Why not? You're one in six right now. You need something to change around. See if Johnny can do it. And here's what I'm going to tell you. I don't have any reason to doubt whether or not Johnny Manziel can get the job done up in Canada. Because if you read everything that's going on, 
everything. And the only thing he has done is he's thrown out a comment about Jimmy Garoppolo, okay, and dating a porn star, and kind of put out a joke that way, kind of joking way. But take away from that, I haven't heard, seen. Everything has been perfect for Johnny, just the way they want it. We want Johnny to get the best media possible. I hate this guy. Guys, I do. And I, I'll be the first to put it out there. I am not a Johnny Manziel fan just because I think he's a punk. Now, can punks change? Absolutely. But here's my thing. And one of the things that drives me crazy about media and fans and everything else, they're very quick to forgive. And I have a problem with that. All you got to do is go to Des Bryant. People, everybody... Right now, especially with all the talk with him going to Pittsburgh and everything and, you know, all that stuff. You know, this guy's the scum of the earth. You know, no, Sonny won't forget the guy batted around his mother like, like you know, like a punching bat. I won't forget that because you got to be the lowest of lows of people to be there. Johnny Manziel, not much better, but at least it wasn't his mother. And I can look at Johnny Manziel and, and look at Des Bryant and see two different people. And let and I'll put it out there. Des Bryant can't carry Johnny Manziel's jock as far as being, you know, a, a, a person. Johnny Manziel is a punk. So is Des Bryant, but he's a little bit higher on the scale than Des Bryant. Of course, that's a personal opinion, and I let a lot of that get out of the way. But to the news, though, until we get Cuervo in here, he needs to hurry up. We got two divisions to talk about. That means eight teams we got to talk about. He better hurry up. But I want to go over to San Francisco because this is really simple, guys. I've already let the cat out of the bag last week on who I think is going to win the AFC West. But a lot of it has to follow up on the shoulders of Jimmy Garoppolo. That having been said, of course, that's the name of this show. This situation with the off-the-field story. Notice how I didn't say problems. Notice, I, notice how I didn't say off-the-field arrest. No. He went out on a date with a porn star. Listen, in any other world, with any other, probably, any other profession this girl would do, wouldn't bat an eyebrow anywhere. But the fact that she is a porn star brings it to the front, and people are talking about it. And guess what happens when people start talking about something, when you're talking about the media? They don't shut up about it. All you got to do is ask Tom Brady in the situation that's going on up there. And not only that, it reflects in other portions of the team. Now, I'm not saying it's good, bad, or indifferent that he's dating a porn star. Frankly, I could give a rip. But the media is going to make this the bigger story than whether or not this guy can play football. Now, here's what uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to do. He's going to have to prove it. Because as he said, he's under a microscope Guess what? That microscope doesn't come off. That microscope doesn't go away when you're a starting quarterback signing for the amount of money that you signed for. Now, you signed for it. This is part of the responsibility, and you open up yourself 
to a lot of other things that either A, you probably wouldn't have before, or B, just in general, that's just the way it is, and he should know better than he knows it. And how does it look? And just say it out loud. And we talk about this on the show all the time. Just say it out loud. And it sounds as dumb as it sounds. You might not want to do it. Jimmy Garoppolo, NFL superstar, dating a porn star. Okay? Frankly, that doesn't sound too smart to me. So, that having been said, again, I kind of let the cat, you know, the bag out, the cat out of the bag. You know, and we're going to talk about that on the week after the 19th because that's when we're going to do the NFC West. So if I'm not mistaken, that's going to be the 26th that we'll cover the NFC and AFC East, or West, I mean. NFC, AFC East we're doing today as soon as Cuervo gets it done with his high and tight. Bad day to be late if you're Cuervo. Get your butt in here, Cuervo, if you're listening, so we can get started on that. But I want to go, since since he isn't here, you know, fashionably late as he is, there is some NFL news I want to talk about. First of all, the big one, if you're a Colts fan, and AFC South next week, Andrew Luck reportedly has been thrown without pain. That's the report. We'll find out if that's really true or not, because believe me, you're not going to get a full story about anything right now against anybody. Period. Everybody's going to be quiet, and no one's going to say a word about that whole situation as far as Andrew Luck is concerned. So, Michael Bennett. Here's the story that's coming out. Okay? Michael Bennett hopes that the Cowboys players defend what they believe in despite of what Jerry Jones and all the Dallas Cowboys got to do, which is stand for the National Anthem. So, Here's one thing I want to put out there. And I think we've been talking about this for a long time. And I also am going to say something that's not very popular, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm tired of listening to people. That, whether it be Michael Bennett or any of these other people that are out there talking about this. Guys, we completely and utterly understand that this is not about disrespect to the flag. Now, I'm tired of talking about this. But one thing that everybody really has to understand, because sometimes I I weigh, but I'm going to weigh on the fact that you don't get it. Just as much as you say we don't get what you're trying to stand up for, you're not seeing it from the other side because you only want to see it from your side, and that's your agenda. So, Since you do that, people on the other side are saying, why can't we do it? You're the only ones that can stand up on your side of agenda. What about ours? It's not the fact that what you're doing, okay, which is protesting. Protest all you want. 
And I go back to what I've said before on this show. Okay? And what that is is that I didn't mean to offend you, but. Now, I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine the other day. Happens to be black as well. And, and, and I don't think he necessarily would represent a lot of the same feelings that are going on. But he made a valid point. And the valid point, which I thought was really interesting, is, is that if you want to make an issue, and that is great, you've got to be able to keep it in the news. But the way you keep it in the news on whether or not it's well-received is the big deal. And you can say whatever you want about the protest, however you believe it, but it is obvious the protests are not coming off as a positive. Now, I'm not saying all protests should come off as a positive, but I'm saying I think this one does, and I'm going to tell you the reason why. You need the support on this one, which is a, by the way, the message is very much needed, but when you look at it from And I'm not even going to say military people. And we have a military person coming right up on the show, that being the uh, the fine co-host of this program, which is Cuervo. Cuervo's going to sit here and say, I'm going to fight for that right because that's what I'm supposed to do. Okay, so most of the people in the military, yeah, they don't really have too much of a problem with it. Cuervo wants to move on, but just in reality, even when it was a heated debate, he would have defended his right to do it. It, but we go back to that word, but. It is a huge three letters. But. I don't mean to offend you, but. But. The negative of it is it shows the military that gave you the right to do that disrespect. Now, granted, that's kind of an oxymoron when you say it, and I get it. But at the same time, when you, don't, when you only want to push your side of the agenda, but you don't want to see the others... And the reason why you don't want to see the others is because you are saying that you don't think they hear what you're saying. This has been two years, okay? We hear you. And I defend exactly what you want to do, and I think it's great. But the fact that you don't think that they should be offended completely baffles me. In this country that is supposed to be free and everything else, you don't seem to get that people have lost family members in the military. You don't seem to understand that people have a love for the military because it's been in their family for a long time. And when they see that kind of thing, regardless of what it is, and I get what it's about. I'm not an idiot. We've been doing this show now. We've had over 100 shows since all this started. We know exactly what you're doing and protesting and why. But on the other side, I completely see people going, it is so disrespectful. And Jerry Jones, by the way, finally said something smart. And believe me, this guy couldn't say anything smart to save his life half the time, never mind all the time. But he says, listen, you know, this is just a policy. This is my business. I'm allowed to have it. They're going to stand. And I'm going to tell you, this is a right-to-work you know, country now and states now. Jerry Jones will fire or cut someone if they don't do what he said. Now, is that you know, leading with fear? Absolutely. People, when they work day in, day out, have to work in fear. And their fear is, is whether or not they'll keep their job or they're doing what they're supposed to do. In this case, 
what they're supposed to do. Jerry Jones laid it out, and that's the stand for the national anthem. Period. He will. Let, by the way, he'll let you go, and he don't care who you are. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. I don't know, but something tells me Jerry, he's been quoted so many times on this issue alone that this guy won't hesitate to cut cut bait with someone. Good, bad, or indifferent, whether or not you believe it's right or wrong, or they should be standing or not, he'll cut bait with you. Because he feels that it's disrespectful to the military. And we'll go back and say we know exactly what this protest is all about. And, you know, why does it only have to be out on the football field? to where this makes a difference. Remember, this is only a 16-week season, 17. Then you have the playoffs. So a total of 25 weeks out of the year, you've got another 25 weeks, 27 weeks that you can protest a different way. Why have we not heard about anything else anywhere else except in the NFL? Why haven't we heard about rallies all over the world about this issue, okay, with NFL heads right there? Why haven't we heard that? So, you can, again, I am on board with what they're trying to do and their message. But to make people want to or make people go ahead and see your side of the story and not your there anybody else's, regardless for whatever reason, is wrong. And I'm saying it, and I don't care. If it pisses people off, you can go ahead. Be pissed off at Sonny Clark. Don't care. Because this is a real simple situation when you look at it. This is one side with one thing saying this is the only thing that you can get off this, but they refuse to see the other side, or they'll make a statement and they say, well, they shouldn't. Well, guess what? Whether or not they shouldn't be offended isn't relevant. And whether or not you think they get it, because just as much underneath the flag that they have, you have a right to protest and do what you want, the people that don't like it have the right to feel that way too. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, you've got two sides of an issue that won't come together on the table. But yet the people who are on the side that are bringing it up are doing nothing outside the NFL season. I have not seen any rallies. I have not seen NFL players go out and do whatever. When was the last time Michael Bennett put together and had a call to action? These are the guys that are leading it. Where's the call to action? The only one's doing it who's even living by it is the guy that started it, which is Colin Kaepernick, and I give him all the kudos in the world. But everybody else that is involved with this, where are you at? What are you doing on a Saturday afternoon? Are you putting together awareness things? Or what are you doing? Bring it on there. Let's hear about it. Let's hear the issues. Let's talk about it. Leave the NFL out of it and get to the point. But they don't want to do that because the NFL is the hot button portion of it. Now, I know what I said. I'm going to get mail for it, and that's fine. And I'm not saying whether or not they should or shouldn't do it on there. I'm saying, what about the other sides? Let the other side think whatever they want, regardless what you think is right. It's irrelevant. 
But what you got to do is get together. No one's gotten together. All they want to do is bitch back and forth about it, whether it's the people on the side of the issue or the people on the side of the military. That's all they want to do is bitch about it and keep it in the mainstream that it's talking about. And, and Cuervo was right last week. This thing just needs to die and go away. But it won't. And I'm going to tell you the reason why it's, it, it is the, it, the media. And then you have uh, throw up on top a goofball leading this country that will keep his big mouth shut about it. I'm telling you, the only time I heard any president talk about any kind of issues within the NFL was when they were there for the Super Bowl or they were watching the Super Bowl, and that political stuff had nothing to do with it. You know, it, it, it is, you know. And, and again, I'm all for the. I'm all for exactly what they're protesting. But I, you know, I've failed to see what they have been doing outside, except attacking the NFL and attacking people who feel that what they're doing is unpatriotic or disrespectful to the military. There has been absolutely nothing done. And correct me if I'm wrong. Someone send me an email. Someone show me a picture. Someone send me a rally where Michael Bennett is at, who's making the much noise, but on the weekend sitting in his ass on home on this whole thing and hasn't done squat. But yet they're the biggest mouths about it, but they haven't done anything about it. The quietest guy is doing all the work, of course. And the big mouths out there haven't done squat. Get out there and do something about it. Instead of pointing your finger at the NFL or pointing at the people who feel what you are doing is disrespectful to the flag. Continue with what you're doing and push it out there and get it beyond football and get it in mainstream media to talk about it in mainstream media. But if you keep bringing the NFL in it, which is fine, I get that part, but bringing in people who find, let's, I'm going to tell you right now, just lay it out and I'll just put it out there. If I had a family member that I had lost in the military that I was extremely close to, I think I'd have a huge problem with, with this demonstration and how it's done at the NFL. And it wouldn't even have to be the NFL. It would be anywhere where the national anthem is being done. And I don't care if that's at a high school. I don't care if that's at a pep rally. I don't care. Nothing. Todd, there's not one plan except a bitch about it. And, and, that is the, and that's the reason why it's failing all over this country. Because they'll go up on the back of the NFL and it just, it just go ahead and hitch that ride for the six months and the other six months do absolutely nothing about it. It's pathetic. It's sad. Only place you can do it is when the national anthem's going on. Give me a break. And I and I, I go back to the fact that I love the message. I'm tired of I'm tired of black people getting shot in the street. I'm sick of seeing that. But here's the thing. And people will say, "Well, Sonny, why don't you do something about it?" It's not necessarily my issue. Never mind the fact that I wouldn't have the rally call in order to get it done. The people who have the rally call hasn't done anything about it. And especially Michael Bennett, which, well, we can get into that portion of it later. But I'm going to tell you straight out right now. 
Michael Bennett? I I don't know. Just something about this guy tells me a whole lot. But, you know, especially the deal in Las Vegas where it was proven he was lying about exactly what went down. Of course, he was trying to push an agenda by lying. So we're supposed to listen to Michael Bennett. Sorry, I, 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 can't, I can't take a look at Michael Bennett and take that guy seriously. Never mind the fact of what he did in the middle. Like I said, I don't have really an issue about the whole thing, but I'm tired of it. But then you add Michael Bennett on it. What has he done for it? only thing he does is made a black eye upon the situation by putting himself in the situation in Las Vegas at that UFC fight, saying the cop did something that they didn't do. Absolutely sad. He ought to be ashamed of himself. I'd like to see this movement move forward. I would like for it to be great. But I want it to be an issue that is all year long. And in the two years that this has been going on, it has nothing to do in the off-season to try to correct the problem. It's only in-season where it's a problem. I'm sorry, it's, I got up on the side. It's just that, that whole thing has gotten me to the point where I'm so angry. It's hard. To, it, it's even hard to think. And, and, and I and kudos. And here's here's what I'm going to tell you. Kudos to Colin Kaepernick because Colin Kaepernick's the only one that's doing anything about it. He's the one that brought it forward. But where his buddies, nowhere to be found. The millions of bucks that this guy's put into it, he put his money where his mouth is. And out of all the people out there, listen to me what I'm going to say, I got more respect for Colin Kaepernick than any other person that's out there that is trying to push this agenda. He's got an agenda. He's never hid from that agenda. But he is doing something about it. And here's the funny part. You don't hear very much about it, but he's busting his ass out there to do it. Imagine if all the other NFL players got in there and got their hands dirty and got into it and started to do it. It'd be a great story. It really would. And with our country being divided, which, by the way, you know, it, it has been this last two years, we're talking about a country that is in peril right now. And, you know, I never thought I'd ever be thought of, brought in on a race war because I really thought we were doing something better. And obviously I was wrong. Okay, listen, Sonny said I was wrong because there's other issues. You know, I'll be honest, before Colin Kaepernick went out there and started doing I didn't give too many thoughts to this kind of thing. And I am so well aware of it now, it just disgusts me whenever I see it. So I'd like to see more activism from the people who want to support it. I really do. It'd be wonderful. And and an outstanding message. But let's see what you're going to do in the off season. And let's promote it and keep it off the NFL fields. It's one of those things. I mean, we're going into the football season. Let's make it about football. But it is what it is. I went on a barrage. Here he is, just in case you didn't know. Just in case you didn't know. It's Quavo on a Sunday morning. Good morning. I don't know how much of the diatribe you went on, but I don't really want to get back into it. How you doing, my friend? <laughs> I'm good, Sonny. I caught the tail end. I thought you were going to do some IFL talk. That's why 
I uh, didn't come in until just now. And then I saw your message. I'm like, oh, crap. I was like, well, he's going to he's gonna put me out well, there. <laughs> well, I just went off on a couple of things that, you know, that we don't need to re- bring back up. You, you can hear it in the archives. That having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, Sonny. How are you this Sunday? Doing wonderful. Got the coffee in me and ready to go. And ready to go. Just Same really here. quick off top. Just really quick off top. So you, in case you didn't know, because you might not keep track of uh, the Canadian Football League, Johnny Manzo was traded. So that was a big You're story. That's good. Yeah, Johnny Manzo was traded. Traded <laughs> to the worst team in the league. And wow. you know they might as well give the guy a shot. They're one and six. They might as well give the guy a shot because he was keeping the bench warm for the starter um, over there. So um, that having been said, they might as well give him a shot, don't you think? I mean, I, I mean, you're one and six, you know, and you get the guy in the trade, you might as well start him. I mean, I would think, right? Well, let me ask you this, Sonny. Was he on the best team in the in the league? Is that is that why he no. got traded? No, no. Well, no. He was on a team that have a, has a quarterback. I'm not sure if the Tiger Cats are the number one team. I'm sure Tim will let me know because he keeps more of a track. I keep track of it because I watch it. Uh, but the standings and stuff like that, I you know, I don't necessarily can't say. I just know he went to a team that's one and seven, and the starter has no reason not to start where he's at uh, as far as sure, the Tiger Cats sure. were concerned. So. So him going to a one in six team, there's no reason why the guy shouldn't start. I would think, especially since they had problems at that position. And also, the one thing I do know, a name that you might know, Mike Sherman is the head coach of that football team in Toronto. And Mike Sherman, if you remember, saying them was when Johnny Manziel went in. I don't know how much of a relationship uh-huh. they really could have had with the redshirt freshman, but you know maybe they have something they can maybe pull together. I I don't think it's gonna. I don't think there's much of a you know a relationship that makes that a grand situation. But it can't be any worse than what it is now, anyway. Well, no, and and I mean, and I and I'm sure Johnny Johnny's just got to be thrilled because he probably feels like he's back in Cleveland. You know, I mean. Yeah. He was on the worst team mm-hmm. in football when he was with the Browns. Now he's on the worst <laughs> team in, in, you know, in football up in the Canadian League with, with the team that he got traded to. So, uh, yeah. I'm sure the Argonauts, I, I don't even know how you say it. Argonauts, Argonauts. I mean, Todd's been trying to tell me how to say it, and I, the Toronto Argonauts or whatever the hell it is. Oh, but okay. Here's something that's here's, – here's the thing. Here's the good thing for that. And you made a valid point about him being on the worst team. And we saw how he handled it on the first time around. Here's an opportunity uh-huh. for this guy to step in and say, listen, I'm a leader. I'm a changed man. Give me the ball. Now, they didn't give him the ball Friday night because the trade went down Wednesday. Guy don't know the playbook. So there's no reason why Johnny Mansell should be starting that game. But next week, if he goes in there, he starts and he puts on a good performance. That is one step that I can look at Johnny Mansell and say, hey, that is an improvement in him. He goes out there, he's learning the playbook and making an effort. And I will watch next week's game if it's on to, you know, somewhere to where we can see it. I'm sure it will be if Johnny Menzel is going to be there. I'm sure I'll get up on ESPN. So um, that being yep. been said, this is a great opportunity for Johnny Menzel to prove what everybody doesn't believe about him, which is that he's a team player, he's mature, and he's better at what he does. Yeah, and I think I think the mature thing is probably the biggest thing, Sonny. I mean, 
you know, I, I don't know what the team that originally signed him uh, saw that just didn't fit with them. Uh, but uh, maybe I, I I don't know. I don't know how the league works. I don't know if it's a quarterback-driven league like it is in the NFL. But but what I guess what I could say is that whatever they saw in Manziel that they didn't like, I just for his sake I hope it's not his character because. If if it's a if it's a character issue again, then he's never going to find his way back in the NFL. He might as well close that chapter in his in his you know lifetime book and move on to the next chapter because you're, I mean you you can't if you can't cut it in the Canadian league due to your to your character your attitude uh, then there's I mean how do you expect to be able to carry yourself in the NFL where you know, it's the most popular sport in, you know, in in the country that you were that you were born and raised in. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, just so that you know, it, the quarterback that he's he, he has no business replacing him. The quarterback's pretty good, from my complete understanding about the guy. Um, so there wasn't any need to bring him in and and go out there and start it. So, um, so that having been well, said, it was. So- so my question to that then, Sonny, is why did they sign Manziel in the first place? Why give the guy false hope and say, "Hey, you have a spot on this roster," and then what? Two months later, now he doesn't. Now you're no longer needed. Like, what was what was the purpose? You know, from the standpoint of the team, what was their motive or their goal in signing Johnny Manziel if they knew there was no chance that he was ever going to? overtake that that starting role i mean what 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 was what did they what were they well, just like any quarterback Cuervo. sometimes you got to be a backup so you know uh, sometimes you got yeah. sometimes you got to suck it up and realize that you're the backup i mean just ask jimmy garoppolo about that you know you know you well, ask I'm, any backup I'm, quarterback it's sam bradford i mean um who's the one in philadelphia a call but you know him you know he he is uh, he is one of those things as far as you know. Sometimes you just have to suck it up and you know and you know that's your position that you play and that's what you got to do. You know, but well, you know, but, it, but I'm but saying he, he, I'm saying from he wasn't traded because he's a problem child. Just to let you know. Okay, well, well, I guess that's my thing though. I mean, what was like? I, I'm not looking at it from Manziel's point of view. I'm looking at it from the organization, like. If you had intentions of, even if it was making him the backup, so, okay, so your intention was to make him the backup. I'm assuming he he did fine at it because we never really heard anything negative about it. Exactly. So, did, so is that... Well, the trade happened because that, the team that he went to, Cuervo, needs a quarterback desperately. So it, you know, as far as okay, that, I, yeah. That so I, I don't think they were looking to shop him. I think this was it came from Toronto for an offer because it was a trade. It was a three guy trade for a three guy trade, and Menzel was part of it. And they needed a quarterback. I mean, one and six, you obviously need something. Uh, but the, uh, it's more of the uh, that was an injury. Uh, there's a couple of injuries that are happening up there on that football team. So. Um, that's about where we are at, to, you know. But 
But it, it is an interesting story. It's a good place for Johnny to be able because remember, if you remember correctly, you know you, the Browns went into this. Well, we'll show him. We'll 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 mature the boy. And and I, I said it before. I'll say it again. This is the Browns' fault. I mean, the Browns should have started him. I mean, God. I mean, you 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 had my boy at quarterback. Okay. I there's no reason why Johnny Manziel. Should not, should not have been starting that year. None. Zero. They're not a real good reason, except the fact that you know they were saying, well, we'll teach this guy a lesson. And that was the wrong thing to do. Now, I'm not saying Johnny Manziel wasn't the biggest pain in the ass, but I will tell you, if this is a guy that has to know the playbook really well, maybe you can keep him away from some of the problems that they were having in Cleveland with him as he, he was the quarterback mm-hmm. there, Cuervo. So, you know, I, I kind of look at it that way as far as that's concerned. I'm not saying that he still wouldn't have been a punk or anything else, maybe. But I'm just saying you had a, maybe an opportunity where he wouldn't have been, maybe. So, um, it, too much. in other words, too much time on your hands with a guy who has an alcohol problem is not the best thing to do. Uh, or a partying problem. It's probably something that you don't want to hand to Johnny Manziel on a silver platter. You might, instead of having the silver platter, hand him a playbook uh-huh. and say, you need to know this. Uh, and the backup rule, yeah. obviously, you only need to know about 30% of what that book is. Well, I mean, I mean, if that's the case, then that makes a lot more sense. If it was more about another team that needed a quarterback and it was an offer that, you know, the team that traded him couldn't refuse. That's just like the Garoppolo situation. I mean, New England had no intentions of trading Garoppolo away. Uh, But, you know, it it was was a mix of both. It was an offer that I think New England couldn't say no to. And at the same time, it was the owner, you know, with the influence of of his, uh, you know, adopted son, Tom Brady, uh, influencing that trade, so yeah, you know, it was. It, it was. I guess. I guess I can. Yeah, I understand now. I, I thought it was just they kind of brought him in just to see his character. They didn't. They didn't like what they saw as much as they were expecting, and then they let him go. Like I, I thought that was the situation, but well, I mean, Got it. I guess. I guess if you look at it, Sonny, that 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 actually speaks highly of Manziel. You know, that, exactly. that shows that. He was he was taking football serious. He was he was performing the role of a backup quarterback very well, and people around the league took note of that. And the worst team that needed a quarterback said, "Hey, what about the Manziel? Looks like he's got his stuff together. So let's go get him." Yeah, and that's what yeah, exactly. So interesting thing up there for Johnny Manziel is going on, and uh, now. What we're going to do is we'll go into the second hour uh, and talk about we'll go into the AFC uh, West in the second hour after we go there. But really quick, I want to just get your quick assessment because we do got to go to the break because we've got a new sponsor on the show as well. Um, that having been said, sure. what do you think about the, you know, we talked about this like a month ago, Cuervo, about Terrell Zoen's mm-hmm. influence on Julio Jones. And now Julio Jones says, oh, I want more money. Or I'm not going to, you know. Now, granted, he, he was at practice. I saw it on one of these channels. I was flipping through the channels, and they were uh, had the Atlanta Falcons there. And Julio Jones was in uniform, unless someone else was wearing his number. Um, so that having been said, Cuervo, what do you think about the fact that we seem to – 
I think we were. I think I was dead on. I'm not. I can't remember what you thought about it, but I thought having Terrell Owens in Julio Jones's ears probably wasn't the best thing because he'd start asking for more money before he's supposed to get it. And sure enough, I was on the mark. Where though I, you know, I get another ding, ding, ding because I was completely right. I think because I don't know. I'll just say this. I don't know if Terrell Owens wasn't in his ear that we'd even be talking about this. Well, I mean, it's it's hard to prove that T.O. had had any influence. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to defend Terrell Owens, uh, but at the same time, I mean, it, it's hard to make that accusation, um, you know, whether it's true or not. But, I mean, I, I, I think the situation with him has a lot to do with what you've been seeing around the league lately. Uh, you know, with with some of the signings. For example, was it last year, I think, that Antonio Brown got a new contract? I want to say it was last year. And uh, yep. but I think, and Todd I think Gurley one, this past week, too? Yeah, but the, he's a running back, so I mean, he's not concerned about Gurley getting paid. Now, if we're talking about Le'Veon Bell, then, yeah, that's a whole different conversation, but... Uh, well, Todd Gurley, but, but Todd Gurley wasn't even close to be ready for this for for this extension that he got. In fact, he wasn't ready for three years. He was under contract for three years. So they went outside of their way to to go well, ahead and give it to Todd Gurley. I mean, out of all the players, and, and this was this was just the argument. If you're going to go out of your way for Todd Gurley, now granted, Todd Gurley is not on the Atlanta Falcons. But the same thinking, why wouldn't you do the same thing for Julio Jones, who obviously, you know, Todd Gurley, I would say arguably is the best running back in the league outside of Zeke and another uh, um, Antonio Brown or um, um, uh, Bell. Um, you know, top three, I, why wouldn't you do do that? You know, I, I would think, I mean, am I wrong? I mean. No, you're not, you're not wrong, Sonny. It's just I think when it comes to contract extensions, it's all about timing and, you know, having the money available, really. And, That's a good uh, point. I don't necessarily I, I, I know think, the money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, well, I, I think Gurley is now the highest paid running back in the league. I, I'm pretty sure, if not second highest, but, but – um, you know, I don't even think that's the one that kind of set Julio off. When Brandon Cooks got his contract, okay, and he hasn't even played a down for the for the Rams yet, and he's already mm-hmm. gotten an extension from them. So, I, you know, honestly, I think the Rams made a mistake. They, I think for, with both. I do too. I, I mean, don't give me. I mean, look, Todd Gurley's a phenomenal running back. I'm not taking anything away from him. Hell, I think he should have had more MVP consideration last year. I agree. But the, but it goes back to what you were just talking about, where he wasn't due for an extension for another two or three years, and they yep. gave it to him. So that right there is is it's a Woo! dangerous roll of the <laughs> dice for yep. for the Rams because now now the expectation is that he has a season. That, like he did last year. And if it doesn't happen, then everybody's going to be looking at the front office like, what the hell were you thinking when you gave him this extension last offseason? 
Yep. And so now, now the expectation is on Todd Gurley, but guess what? If he doesn't produce, he doesn't produce. You can't do anything about it. Like you and he got get, the money. And he's going to get paid. So yep. that right there, I, I, that's why I think – Cuervo, two years, two years and two franchise tags they could have thrown on him and saved so much money, which tells me about something about the L.A. Rams. L.A. Rams want that guy happy. They don't want him upset about nothing. And I think that's what it is because the expectations of the Rams, let's be honest, you know, with the firepower that they're picking up in the offseason, of course, we'll talk about them uh, the week after. The, um, it's going to be August, 20, uh, August 26th. Uh, we'll be talking about the NFC West, but the expectations of the Rams, especially with some of the signings that they made, that they are playoff bound and what they are going to do, it's going to be a big, it's going to be a big question. Yep, yep. But I would say for Julio, though, going back to Julio, since that's the that's the guy we're we're on topic about, between the Brandon Cooks extension and Devontae Freeman, his own his own teammate, who got a contract. I think that's upset Julio because he's probably looking at it as, hey, hold on a second. What about what about the production I've been giving you guys? I've been a top three receiver in the league for mm-hmm. the past, you know, five years, four years, whatever. And five. you know, and, and and I'm not getting shown any love. Like I, I just that's that's what's upsetting Julio Jones. Now who knows? Maybe the Falcons have something in store for Julio come next season because, um, oh, Matt Ryan's another one too. Matt Ryan got his money too, and Julio's yep. just looking like, hey, what about me? So everybody, well, Julio got his a couple of years ago. Cuervo, Julio signed the biggest wide receiver contract in, in NFL history at that time. So Julio well, was exactly. like uh, wide receiver at, at the time. time. So yeah, time. so we go back to what you said at that time. But at least he got his piece of his pie. It's not like anybody setting him out of his piece of the pie. It's just that in reality, he just wants another piece. You know, <laughs> and, 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 that's and exactly. they got some other things, other pieces they got to take care of before they get back to Julio. And that's what's wrong with with guys like that, Sonny. You know how soon they forget that. You are you are. They already took care of you once. Don't yeah. worry. If they did it, if they did it once, trust me. As long as you continue to produce, they'll do it again. They I agree. will do it again. Uh, and I, and I Julio, agree. but see, but but Julio's getting impatient, and you know what? It could come back to what you you know what your theory is as far as that bug getting put in his ear by by a guy that that refuses to show to his own Hall of Fame ceremony. Exactly, it's it's not it's not even the fact that if Terrell Owens got into his ear, it's the perception of that man. Sometimes you got to avoid bad perception, and you can say whatever you want. That's bad perception. At least, I mean, it'd be different if it was somebody else, but it can't be the number one wide receiver in the league. And the perception of that is not good. Um, now, if he was talking to someone who was an average wide receiver and trying to pump him up, I think I would. I think I'd get that. But yeah, this one's tough. So we'll watch a little bit more on that one as we're going to be seeing how that story will shape up. 
and see how Atlanta deals with that situation if and when they'll open up the um, the wallet for him. We'll find that out, and we'll check that out at that time. So what we're going to do, Cuervo, so you can go get some coffee just so that you know we're going to be um, – let's see here, Sunday ads new. We're going to be over about five minutes. We're going to go into our ads, and we'll kick off in the second uh, second hour. We're going to go into AFC East. You ready? I'm ready, Sonny. All right, let's do it. We're going to take that quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is that being said. We're doing the NFC and AFC East. AFC on the other side. We'll be right back. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend, Michael Smith, of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation. Restoring the calm after the storm. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip-on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. We can never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? Being taken for a ride? Check out Coslow Insurance. Serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Coslow Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at coslowinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but this is fresh. The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? 
How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62 because these decisions are so important. My firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting located in Rowlett. Did you know that Perfection Body Sculpting doesn't just offer laser lipo and radio frequency for body contouring? We also offer cellulite reduction and skin tightening, as well as thermal lift and cosmetic and collagen facial creams, as well as top-of-the-line facial masks to help reduce fine wrinkles. There are also gift certificates as well as gift baskets with awesome products in it. Call today for your appointment and get three 24 gold facial masks with the purchase of a $69 consultation that includes a 30-minute laser lipo session. So contact 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionbodysculpt.com. And welcome back into the Couch Potato Sports Show. Second hour. That being said, our Sunday morning tradition continues into our ninth season, our 22nd episode. As we get set to talk about what we just do best here. Sometimes you just sometimes you just got to go with what you know. And that is football here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. The NFL is kicking off here in about six to seven weeks. And we're getting set. Preseason games, let's, before we hop in this square vault, I said it uh, at the beginning of the show, I don't care about preseason except for the fact that it's on TV. Don't care who wins, how they win, what they win. The only thing I care about is whether or not a certain guy is not going to get out of those games without that season-ending injury that always affects a team really, really, really bad, and the expectations are blown out of the water because they don't have that guy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that is a huge part of uh, the preseason, so it really is, it's just to avoid injuries. Oh, one of the big things I look for in the preseason is just up-and-coming players. You know, the, the, how are the rookies looking, you know, the development of second-year guys, stuff like that. That's what I – or, you know, or guys that, are, you know, maybe an undrafted free agent, uh, you know, rookie that nobody's ever heard of, and it's just they kind of just blew up in the preseason and they, and they became, you know, uh, an instant, you know, contributor to the to the football team. So that's what I like to look for. And, and you know, I, I always used to be a big believer that preseason doesn't matter. When it comes to wins and losses, yes, it does not matter. You can go 0-4 and, and still be a Super Bowl champion. But it does matter in other aspects. So, you know, the casual fan doesn't care. Um, even, I mean, to an extent, I'm, you and I don't care that much. But I think when it comes to looking for certain guys, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure you're looking forward to seeing if, you know, a guy like a Brandon Dowdy, who you always talk about, is he going to pick an NFL roster this year? You know, that's absolutely. 
And for that reason, you're going to pay attention to the preseason. You're not going to necessarily care about wins and losses, but hey, how's Brandon Dowdy doing? Is, you know, is he still with Miami? I don't know. No, I he's with the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals. Okay, so I mean, he could potentially be the third the third quarterback on that football team. Absolutely, and that's and that, that when that trade happened, I knew they had too much of a love affair over there for Ryan Tannehill. So it's a good thing. Now that having been said, Cuervo, and before we hop into it, because I I was talking to a friend of mine about this, you know, you know, we go back to Antonio Brown talking about him. You know, he makes a spectacular you know play. You know, you know, and it, it hits the viral thing. You know, I, I mean, I guess I'm going to ask you, Cuervo, are you impressed? Did, I'm sure you saw the catch, right? That he made it. You know, at, at training camp. Antonio Brown. Yeah, was it him? To make well, that I, I crazy know. catch, it was a Steeler wide receiver. I'll be honest, I haven't even seen it. I mean, I've got, oh. I've got my TV on NFL Network right now, and I haven't seen anything pop up. So. Well, this was a couple of days ago. They were they were in the training camp session, and he makes okay. he has two guys all over him, and he makes this spectacular one-handed catch that he does, and it was Antonio right. Brown, um, you know. But you know, I you know this my my thinking, you know, I, I'm. I'm just not impressed. I mean, do you remember last year? Was it him too? It was, it was, last year, someone made a catch in the in the uh, training camp at the beginning. Oh no! And it, Odell Beckham it did it. Odell. See, uh, and, yeah. uh, playoffs. What are you talking about? Playoffs? You kidding oh, me? Playoffs? Button. It wasn't that one. It's the other words that starts with the P. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Yeah, practice. I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a yeah. game, not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking game. about practice. I know, and, and I know, that, and that's, I know. I, 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 and I'm with Alan. I am. In fact, I, you know, when I think I, about the whole thing, talk? you know, yeah. Can we talk? I mean, what? I mean, they got these cameras everywhere. So now, so then you get these things and they put them out there like this is. But you know, and, and granted, hey, Antonio Brown could make those catches in the game, but that's a game. And I want to see it. I can really care. And I'm almost. I'd rather see it in a preseason game. But you know, you know, you go back to the fact we're talking about practice. I really can care less. I mean, never mind the Look, fact that I think he's going against the three or four uh, cornerbacks that are out there. So he makes a fine catch. Great. Hey, but we are talking about practice. I mean, I, I'm missing it. Is it because there's just too many cameras around Cuervo? Well, I mean. Well, I mean, because of the fact that there's so many cameras around, so you're not, I mean, it would be hard to miss anything that happens in these practices. But, you know, honestly, I mean, the reason you're, the reason they, they make a big deal or they show you these things, look, it's very simple. It's time to get excited about football again. And, yeah. and seeing, seeing things like that, you know, for some people it excites them. For us, look, whether it's hey we're used to we're we're immune to you know seeing plays like that or you know we're just not excited about spectac- for some people it, it it gets them hyped up look we're natural I guess it we're does. football fans it it's it's August first is on Wednesday look that in itself excites guys like you and me we're gonna get excited yeah. we're gonna get hyped up about football regardless if we see. Uh, a three-finger catch by Odell Beckham or, 
you know, we sit and we see interviews like uh, what they're showing right now on NFL Network with Devontae Freeman down in uh, Falcons training camp. Like, anything that you see will excite you if you're a true fan of the game. If, you, if it's in your heart that you love this game, and you, whether you watch it, you play it, whatever, you're going to get excited just, just in the fact knowing that Wednesday is August 1st. The first yep. preseason game is August 2nd, Thursday night, Hall of Fame game, Bears-Ravens. You think I'm excited? Hell yeah, I'm excited because I get to watch <laughs> the Bears on Thursday. And then Saturday uh-huh. night, Saturday night, it's going down, Sonny. Hall of what, Fame. What, what? What what game Saturday night? Oh the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, I got it. I'm a day late dollar show. Saturday night Hall of Fame. Yes, I'm. I have to say, I, I wish I was a little bit more excited, but that's just me. But that, it, look, and, it is. And normally I'm not. And normally I'm not. You know, but you know why I am. You know why. I know. And I, I don't blame you. I, I, that would be the only reason why I'd watch. Mr. Brian Urlacher definitely. Uh, who's the other guy? I know you like who's in going in. Uh, Dawkins. Dawkins, that's right. There you go. So there you go. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Starting a couple minutes late, but let's get to the AFC East. And, folks, just to preface this, Cuervo and I didn't get together except for the fact that these are the teams we're going to talk about. And what we do is how we, we get it set. Sonny will start it with the, where it's going because I usually lead the show and direct it. So I'm going to direct it to who I think is going to be last in this division in the AFC AFC East, and uh, then Cuervo will follow up. But we're gonna, but we're still going to talk about all the teams that are in there. So I just want to give everybody an idea of what we do here when we are talking the NFL and what's going on. So that having been said, of course, that's the name of the game. That's the name of the show. This is where we are. Let's get into the AFC, um, the AFC East, and I want to start with the team that I'm thought is, think is going to end up in third place or fourth place, and it has nothing to do with anything except the quarterback. And of course, I'm talking about the Miami Dolphins. I know my 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 internet love girlfriend down in Miami isn't very happy with me, but I'm going to tell you, Cuervo, this is something that you know. I said it before, the best thing that happened to Ryan Tannehill is that he wasn't the quarterback of that team last year. Okay, for his sake, just so he could get another paycheck. Okay, so now he's going to be the guy. This is the team. Now, the team finished 6-10 and 10 last year. Nothing to write home to mama about. They should have started Brandon Dowdy the last two games when they had the opportunity. They might have got some more. But I'm telling you right now, this is a football team, Cuervo, that I think is in a lot of trouble because they don't seem to be going in the right way. And mainly because they had – I was looking at the offseason, you know, gets and losses, and I'm looking at Miami and going, oh, my God. What I mean, it's almost an implosion down there in Miami. What are you looking at as far as the Miami Dolphins are concerned? And let us know where you think they're going to finish within the realm of these four teams, New England, Buffalo, New York, or Miami. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm already getting the feeling that we're going to be exactly on the same page as far as this division is concerned. Just in the fact that you got Miami finishing last in this division, and that's where I have them finishing too. Look, Kind of the same reasons that you you have them finishing last. It's it's all about improving your football team, and I don't yes. feel like the Dolphins improved. Actually, I think they got a little worse. Why? Because it, first of all, they let they let their star receiver go, okay, yep. and they replaced them with 
They replaced him with. They replaced him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With nobody. <laughs> that guy named nobody. That's who they. Yeah, replaced. nobody. Fancy yeah. name, yeah. Like, I, I look. There, there's only one Tom Brady in this world, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. So Ryan Tannehill needs somebody to make go out there and make plays for him. All right. Uh, uh, Devontae Parker is not going to – he's not a game changer. I'm sorry, he's not. No, he's okay. not. Uh, and uh, for the life of me, I know – I think they picked, they picked up somebody, though. I think it was a tight end, and, and for the life of me, I can't remember who it is. But, look, it's still not enough, okay? It's just not. Um, and, you know, and, I, and then – so that's, that's a big reason why I think they're going to finish last. Another thing, too, is I don't – I don't think they did a very good job in the draft to fill needs. Look, I, I, I Patrick out of Alabama, very nice player, okay? Anytime you can get a defensive guy out of Alabama, hey, kudos to you, all right? Absolutely. But I just don't think – I agree with I you there. Think, I don't think he's – oh, there's Julio Jones, by the way, Sonny. He, he is at uh, training camp, so – Anyway, you know, someone uh, else is wearing this jersey. Yes, I agree. Yep. No, no, that's, that's him. That's him. All right, there you go. That, that is definitely him. But anyway, um, maybe maybe not, though, because he dropped that pass. But anyways, um, <laughs> I don't think Mika Fitzpatrick is a very good fit in Miami. I think that's the wrong team for him to be on because it's, it's, it's a uh, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The type of player he is doesn't fit with the Miami Dolphins. And, I, and I've been saying this about the Dolphins for years now. They're, they're very soft. I don't, there's no, when I think of the Dolphins, I don't think physical like I do the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like I do. Well, it's, uh, it's funny you, you know. mention that, Cuervo. It's funny you mention that. And I want to just, I, I'm going to interrupt you just really quick because the Miami Dolphins, you know, we talked about, let, you say nobody. That's not necessarily what you mean because really in reality, when you think about, you know, uh, Gore, they signed Gore at the running back. You know, he, he's a name, but he's really, really body relevant, I guess you can say, because they picked up Pound right. they extended out that day from the chart. Uh, from the Charger, uh, well, they lost uh, Pouncey uh, that went to the Chargers. That was a loss there. So, But you, you go to Timmons. I mean, you're talking about, and, and this was after a very bad year for the guy in reality, but we're talking about a Pittsburgh Steeler, you know, you know they, they go ahead and they, they, let the, they just let Timmons go. Okay, they just cut him. And frankly, I don't necessarily know if that was a good idea or not. But when I looked at what's going on with Lawrence Timmons and what he could do for a team, you know, know, that team was so bad, I I almost don't blame Timmons for not having a good season. I mean, my God, they won six games out of 16. And he's coming from a team that is organized, always in the playoff hunt and everything else, and he comes and he goes Uh into this major disaster area that is the defense of the Miami Dolphins, and of course he's not going to have a great season because I I believe that Timmons thinks that he is above that, and I think I agree with him because I'm knowing that Timmons is out there, someone's going to grab this guy up and they're going to be very happy because they're going to get this guy on the cheap. Well, I'm, I, I I thought he was with Miami. Is he, is he not with them anymore? Because I I don't remember they cut him. them letting him go. They cut him. So they did. They cut, cut him. him up. 
Okay, yep, no wonder I couldn't find his name. Okay, yep, that makes sense now. I didn't, I yep. didn't necessarily know. And they that. also released so, Sue. They also released. I mean, even though he's a punk, they literally Sue as well. This guy's gone too. Yeah, yeah. This yes. is a team that's decimated with guys that are leaving the team. And the one that really probably hurt the most was Pouncey at the center position. He went over to San Diego. I mean, as it is, you know, Tannehill can't keep upright and just add the fact that Pouncey's not there anymore. That's just going to make that even worse as well. Yeah, and that, 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 that you led me right into where I was going to go. It's just like all the losses, you know, Landry, Pouncey, uh, you know, uh, Lawrence Timmons, and Dominican Sue, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I'll tell you, I, 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 I'm a Cameron Wake fan, but he's not the guy that he used to be, Sonny. He's not, he's not a guy that's going to get you double-digit sacks anymore. I mean, I don't even think he played – he didn't even play a full season last year, if I remember correctly. I don't think uh, he did either. Yeah, so, I mean, Cameron Wake was was a guy that just kind of, I don't want to say he fell off the NFL face of the earth, but uh, pretty much I mean, did. He played, I mean, he played, you know, he had ten and a half sacks last year. Okay, yeah, he had double digits, but let's face it, were they were they game changers like, like we're used to seeing with him? No, they definitely weren't. Um, you know, he's, he's not a... a you know, Calais Campbell or, or a guy like that down in Jacksonville or, or a Bosa. So, I mean, it, it's, it's can't, you know, that's just like, that's just like the guy, you know, that throws, you know, for 5,000 yards, but their team is, you know, six and 10. So, I mean, right. it's kind of like, it's, it's all for nothing, but, but I, I don't know. Well, I, I just think Sonny, I mean, like I like Adam Gates. He's a good coach. Okay. But, it's the, the front office is not doing him any favors by letting letting big time pieces walk away from this football team, and that's what they did. Like, yeah. did they get anything for Sue in return? Not really. No, they didn't. Did they get they anything for Landry? And, and they got a little something for Landry. Nothing crazy. I mean, no, I don't even think they got a first round pick for him. You know, Pouncey yeah. just let him go. Timmons just let him go. Sue just let him go. And what well, do they hold do? on. What's what do they do wasn't, wasn't, Powell, wasn't Robert Quinn part of that deal from, from the Chargers? Uh, oh, no, no. He plays for the Rams. So step back on that. So there you go. Sorry about that. Actually, I think Robert Quinn is no longer a, uh, a Ram. Yeah, he's the Miami Dolphin, Cuervo. And by the way, and he's a Dolphin now. They picked him up. And Cuervo, that begs the question. The Rams that are, you know, signing guys right and left, I mean, and they let Robert Quinn go. You know, eight and a half sack guy, okay, Cuervo? Eight and a half sacks. Now, granted, that's not monstrous, but that's an impact. Something, I want to know why the Chargers let that guy go. Okay, now you, you can say whatever you want about him or, you know, how you feel about him. He's in his eighth season, you know, defensive end. But usually those guys start picking up around year seven, eight, nine, and ten. Why the Chargers let that guy go scares me. And, yep, he's right there in Miami. I mean, he, he could be a good addition, but I want to know why the Chargers let him go. Um. Or uh, the Rams. I mean, the Rams, since, you know, the Rams are doing everything. I got Chargers on the mind there. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, well, I mean, I think, I think you really got to look into the numbers. And I've got, his, I've got his profile pulled up right here on my handy-dandy laptop. I mean, he played, 
he played almost the whole season. He missed one game. Eight yeah, and a half started fourteen, I but, think. Yeah, but but if you look, if you look closely, look at the two years before that. Nine games, eight games, nine sacks in two years. His production yep. went went down the toilet, and then he started picking it up again last year. But I think the Rams, because of all the additions that they made, said, "Look, somebody somebody has to go." It's just like with the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, they, they had to make some big-time cuts. They let Michael Kendricks go, uh, which I know we're going to get into NFC East here in a little while. But, uh, you know, it's just sometimes when you make big-time moves, Sonny, you have to you have to make those tough decisions. And, uh, you know, for the Rams, you know, I, I, I honestly, I think they made the right move by, by letting the Robert. You can't let – one season, one healthy season, fool you with absolutely, Quarter. That's, that's a good two point. Seasons. Yeah, so that's you know that's what you that's what you, that's how you got to look at it. And you know, two two seasons, uh, one season's worth of games in two seasons and, and nine sacks. That's just not cutting it. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and the, you're absolutely right, Quiver. That's a number that has got to be up. Plus, you know, the injuries that you were talking about last year, he paid it, you know, a full season. Hey, congratulations. But in the NFL, it's not for long. And I, I think that was a trade because of worry in reality. And the uh, Dolphins bought into it big time. So we're going to have to look mm-hmm. out for that as well. So um, it, it's going to be huge for them. As far as it is, and uh, Escobar, uh, according to Todd, Gavin Escobar, former Dallas Cowboy, who didn't catch one pass last year, uh, is the tight end for Miami. Now, here's what I'll tell there you, you about Escobar. Yeah, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you what I, I think Escobar is the real deal. I'm gonna tell you the reason why. That guy was making catches with Jason Witten on a football team. So that I think is more about getting him the ball more so than him getting open. Because I'm gonna tell you, Tony Romo and um, Tony Romo and Dak Prescott were getting him the ball. So you know, I don't think it necessarily actually is probably all uh, Dak Prescott. They were getting him the ball. Mm-hmm. So. You, you got to give this guy an opportunity. No, it was Tony and him. So, you know, at the quarterback position, Ryan Tannehill is going to have to be aware of him. And we go back to that as far as just hop really quick up into the NFC North and, you know, think about Stafford not utilizing his tight ends for many years because of a wide receiver that was the big guy. Never utilized his tight ends, probably shortened Johnson's career in reality because they didn't use him. But that that's a quarterback having to fight. Uh, Gavin Escobar is going to catch the ball. You just got to give him the ball or either that, give him the opportunity to do so. Because that guy, I think, is a stud. And I think on the right team, he could be a very, very good option for someone going out there. So I, I, I kind of look at that a little bit different on where all that's going to happen. But I got them finishing last. You got them finishing last. Any last word up on the Miami Dolphins before we move on to number three? Good luck. Yeah, it's going to be so. And, and, I, and by the way, just to let everybody know, 
I feel sorry for Miami Dolphins fans because I, I think this was a team that's always wanting to be up there. But, you know, obviously within their division, they got to deal with the Patriots and everything. So they got that to deal with. But normally they're just playing for a wild card if they're able to get that. So watch out for that. Hopefully it'll get better for Miami Dolphins fans up there. That having been said, let's head on to the team I think is going to end up third. Frankly, it was a complete and utter joke that they made the playoffs in the first place last year. And I'm not, and I wasn't a big believer on it in the first place. And I know Cuervo kind of liked it. The Buffalo, the, the Buffalo Bills making the playoffs. They, they were lucky to make it. Now, granted, Tyron Taylor gone. Now they get, they work in the draft. Cuervo got LaShawn McCoy off the field problems that are going on there. How much will that sink in? How much will the NFL get their nose involved with it before they pop him for six games, or will that happen next year? But they go ahead. They get Josh Allen. They got that deal done. It's done. Bills also signed linebacker uh, Robinson, uh, Keenan Robinson. Good signing for them in reality. Um, but after that, it kind of just goes away, Cuervo. And, and, and as the Buffalo Bills have done before in the past, they just fade to black. I mean, there's nothing really when I look at the Buffalo Bills that say, listen, this is a team that is going to make an impact in their own division. First of all, you got the team that's going to win it, okay? And then the best you can do is a wild card. So before you even get started, Cuervo, three teams are fighting for a wild card spot because they're not going to win this division. So where where the bull uh, where did the Buffalo Bills do in order to improve? They're another team that kind of slacked a little bit in grabbing up a players uh, here in the offseason. Again, I'm I like I like them getting uh, Keenan Robinson. I think that's a good signing for them. But outside of that, Cuervo, I'm not impressed on the offseason for this football team. Now they did go ahead and get the quarterback, but really he's a rookie quarterback. What can you expect in Buffalo? It'd be different if he was in a different place, Cuervo, as a rookie quarterback. But Buffalo is Buffalo, and Buffalo, you take away the fact they made the playoffs. They weren't in the playoffs for what was it, thirty years before that, Cuervo. So, you know, what did they do in order to get better to get them set and ready to go? Uh, I mean, I, I think I think they did a little bit of better job at. at uh in the draft. I mean, tra- drafting a guy like a Tremaine Edmonds out of uh, Virginia Tech. I mean, that was a good pick. A I, that, I'll give you that. That, that was good. He's going to, you know, he's going to anchor the middle of the, of the linebacking core with, with a Preston Brown, who's already there. Like they've got, they've got good pieces. So, so I, we're, we're, uh, we're a little bit different on this one, Sonny. I've got, I like Buffalo finishing second in this division, but, um, Let's see. I I mean, you know, I'm looking at their roster, and you know, Tyrod Taylor's out. Josh Allen's in, right? I think the yeah, thing that's the really gonna the one that the thing that's really gonna make or break this football team is the outcome of of the situation with Lashawn McCoy. Absolutely. Because I think I think that that's that's a guy that is, you know, I I, I wouldn't say he's you know, the locker room glue, but he's a guy that a lot of teammates, I think they respect him. Now, whatever, however they feel about his situation might have changed their opinion, but I think if if you ask the question before this all came out, you know, great teammate, you know, and, and he's obviously a very good player, so 
Uh, I think it's really whatever happens to Shady McCoy is going to really affect the the performance of this football team uh, altogether. So, you know, I I would so I'm, I'm that's what I'm looking for is just to see what happens with that situation. And I think if if he's able to get back on the field and and, and nothing comes out of it or you know he's some sort of settlement comes comes to with that, then I think. You know, as long as you can move on and, and, you know, just to be focused on football, then I think the Buffalo Bills will be okay. The only issue I have with them, Sonny, is that, you know, Sean McDermott is, is a defensive-minded guy, and, and everyone knows that. Uh, just you look, at, you look at the comparison in, in offense and defense, and it's not even close. I mean, the Buffalo Bills statistically had the best defense in the NFL last season. Yes, the best. So, or one of the best. And so, with that said, um, you know, I, I, the reason I've got them finishing second is just because I think there's a little bit more structure in that team compared to a team like the New York Jets, where there's a lot of variables with them. Uh, I think with, with Buffalo, you know what you're getting with them. You're going to get a team that mm-hmm. plays good, solid defense. And it's going to pound the rock. With the Jets, I mean, I, I can't tell what type of team they are, and that's why I'm more of, you know, leaning more towards Buffalo finishing second than I am the New York Jets finishing second. I was going to be with you on that, Cuervo, until I saw the schedule. This is a football team that could be 2-8 and eight by Week 10. This is a brutal schedule for the Buffalo Bills. They start off with Baltimore. They get the uh, Chargers, Minnesota, Green Bay, Tennessee, Houston, Indianapolis, New England, Chicago, and the Jets. Those are the first ten games. You know, and they'll be lucky to get two, maybe three of those, maybe. And that will have to be something big to happen in four because. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Cuervo. The only two that I see him winning right now, and that, and that just all depends on how Andrew Luck is going to be doing. they got the Colts in week number seven, um, and then they got the Jets in week ten. I mean, but by the time they get to Indianapolis, they could be 0-6, okay? And so, I, you know, because I don't think they're beating Baltimore. I don't think they're beating the Chargers. They're going to be improved. You watch. That's going to be another thing to talk about. Minnesota is Minnesota. Green Bay, Green Bay. Here's where they get the opportunity with Tennessee. Are they going to be consistent enough or Houston? Those those games, but Houston, I think is going to be better. And they got their they got their quarterback probably back at the beginning of the season. This is a brutal mm-hmm. last schedule for the first ten weeks of the season. Yeah, I, I'm I'm trying to pull up the schedule right now, and, and it's ugly. And, and then in week eleven, they get, they get the Jacksonville Jaguar defense in their face. Or week twelve. Um, and, and then they, you know, really they don't get a they don't get a break until week ten against the Jets and week thirteen against Miami and week fourteen back with the Jets. Those are obviously teams within their division. Mm-hmm. So they're they're playing teams that are much better than anybody in their own division. Um, it, you know, outside of you know outside their own division, that's it's going to be tough. And they have the they have the NFC North this year, Cuervo. So they got Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago. And, uh, you know, uh, what's the other one? Detroit. So, look out for that. That's, you know, it's going to be – this This should be interesting. I mean, if this football – Cuervo, if they can get the Week 10 
being five and five. I'm going to tell you right now that this this will be a good football team going five and five against that that schedule that's coming at them, Cuervo. I, that could mm-hmm. only be looked upon as a positive in reality because if you think they're going to get more than two or three, you'd be wishing on a star. I mean, we're, we're doing a Disney show here, um, but you know, it'll all also depend. I mean, it, it also look at in the preseason, Cuervo. Yeah, Carolina, and then the first week of their preseason. Then they got Cleveland, which is their break. Cincinnati and Chicago. I mean, really, they're going to get beat up. I mean, what what? All those four teams that they're playing, what do they all have in common? Good defenses coming their way. In Carolina, say whatever you want about Cleveland. They got a good halfway decent defense, and Cincinnati does too as well, Chicago. So before they even get to week number one, Cuervo, they got defenses that they're going to face. We'll know what kind of team this is going into them because if they can't beat the sec- or the third and fourths um, in the preseason, Cuervo, this might be a long season for Buffalo um, and it, uh, also, just to put it out there, um, um, the uh, the uh, uh, quarterback, uh, his name slipped my mind, um, with uh, throat cancer. He just got out of, just got done with his. Um, uh, Jim Kelly. Yeah, Jim, Jim Kelly's out of the hospital um, and he's home, so that's a good thing. So I'm happy about that. And he's also uh, he's got the uh, V award uh, for the bravery uh, from the uh, V from the V uh, Foundation. So, um, but outside of that, Cuervo, I mean, I, I, I for the Sean McCoy's sake and the Buffalo Bills' sake, they better hope this issue off the field is not one that tears them down because this could be that 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 I think Cuervo, you're absolutely right. And unfortunately for a football team that don't have many, very many options, when you lose the main option, that being LaShawn McCoy, that could be really, really, really trouble. It can. Absolutely it can. And I, and I think it will. That's why I'm hoping that for their sake that this thing, you know, gets settled in, in, a, in some sort of, you know, in a civil manner and it doesn't really affect – his ability to play or, or anything like that. So, uh, but I'm looking at the schedule and I, I see what you're saying here. I think there's, I see games that they can win. Um, but you're right that those first nine weeks are going to be tough. Very tough. Yeah. So very brutal. They can make very it very brutal. Yeah. They can make it through, you know, without too many, you know, losses, or, or maybe they can steal a win from, say, like the Chargers in week two, then mm-hmm. I think I think they'll be able to catch a wild card. Yep. Five and five. Five and five by that Cuervo. They get their feet under them. They know what they can do offensively and defensively and head into the last seven weeks of the season to, you know, to try to, to solidify that playoff spot, although I don't think they're going to get it. That having been said, I got them in third place. You got the Jets and or the uh, the Buffalo Bills in second, which leads me to my team that ends up in second. I think in reality, but there are some problems going on with the Jets. Obviously, we know who's going to win this division. I'm not even going to talk about it until the Patriots don't win this division. They're always going to be my pick. I don't care how many people or how many they don't get, but. 
the Jets, they lose uh, McGuire to a broken foot for six weeks. That's going to be huge. The guy, I mean, he, he came in and had some great stuff going on there. Darnold right now, no show at Jets camp. That's a big problem. And that was part of what I was looking at. So it just really has to figure out what's going to go on there as he's holding out for a contract that he wants. Then they also lose their wide receiver, Darius Stewart, to uh, PEDs. Um, so with the combination of a lot of stuff that's going on, uh, Richard Robinson suspended for four games, although, and then, uh, Rivas going down, this is the team that seems to be going down in a toilet bowl in reality. Um, and so, but the question will be, I, I still honestly think the talent will be there, but I will say this Cuervo, they need to get Donald in the, uh, they need to get him in training camp. They need to get him ready to start playing because the jets already, um, you know, are already behind the eight ball going into the season because they can't sign their rookie quarterback. Yeah, that's a big deal, Sonny. I mean, you know, you, you, you take the guy third overall. Hell, I, you're lucky that he was there for you to take. So the fact that you're not paying this kid – excuse me, the fact that you're not paying this kid is, is just blows my mind. Because how many of us really felt, that, even the night of the draft, that Darnold was going to be available at three? There was there were many there was not many people that absolutely quite so the the fact that the Jets were lucky enough that he fell into their lap at three, and you're not going to take care of this kid, you're not going to pay him. That's a bad look on, on, on the uh, on the Jets, Sonny. They're they're more worried about signing a one day contract to Darrell Rivas so he could retire as a Jet than they were taking taking care of their future. So they they took care of the past more than they took care of the future. How much sense does yeah. that make? It makes, it no makes me. none. But there's a however on that, Cuervo. And, and oh, this well, is I, the reason. I'd like to hear this. i like to hear this. This is, this is the reason why I got him finishing second in the division. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starting quarterback for this football team next year. And, boy, and that's why they're going to finish third. And that's the reason why they're going to finish. Well, no, see, <laughs> that's why I got him in second. Because even though he's coming off an injury, and this is a badass injury, don't get me wrong. But it, it, here's the thing what I liked about Teddy Bridgewater. Okay, he can stay in the pocket and stayed in the pocket. He's been proven to be that. Now, you, you know, this guy also likes to run. But now, with the injury and everything, this guy obviously becomes the pocket passer that every franchise wants as their quarterback. Josh McCown being the starting quarterback week number one, I will make the switch and I'll put the Jets in, in uh, third place in this division. If Teddy Bridgewater starts, or even the rookie, which I don't think will happen, Okay, if Teddy Bridgewater or Darnold starts, I got them finishing second in this division. Doesn't mean I think they're going to make the playoffs, okay? We're only going to get one team out of the NFC East making the playoffs. Because um, the rest of them, if you look at the AFC and these other divisions, Cuervo, hell, you could have three teams in one of those AFC divisions making the playoffs. And, of course, I'm talking about the West when I say that in reality. Um, so the chances of them get Miami, Buffalo, or New York – actually getting in the playoff spot and the AFC side, I just don't see it happening. But Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is the reason why. Yes, Sonny has had a crush on Teddy Bridgewater 
since he played over in Miami. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you just right now, they they and they got him on the cheap, Cuervo. If he comes back at three quarters percent of what he was when he was in Miami, that's an improvement over Josh McCown or the rookie or anybody else that they had going in there, unless they grabbed up a veteran that was gonna be the guy, and they didn't do that. So, Teddy Bridgewater can become that guy, and that's going to be huge. Also, just another thing when I was looking at the rosters and things, Cuervo, there's a couple of guys that I think that can take a step out. If you look at the wide receiver, Cuervo, you're asking, who the hell are these guys? Well, there's only one that I'm taking a look at them as far as where they'll go. I like Robbie Anderson. I think this is a guy that can come out there and do something for your football team. Now, I, I'm, I'm not saying he, he is your number one, okay, and, you know, Terrell Pryor, he's not going to be. But I, I'm, when they got, got Jermaine Curse, even though he's kind of old, they got Curse, they have Pryor. I don't know if you want to be happy with that, but that's who they got. Um, so if they – and not only that, Lucky Whitehead, this is a guy that I think mm-hmm. will make his way up if they don't cut him. And, I, and frankly, I think he might have got cut. I got to look that, look at that. But Lucky Whitehead, I think, is a guy that can also make his way up there and make his way into the depth chart to be number one or number two. So if he's got the weapons that he needs, and granted, look at Miami. If you look at Minnesota, Cuervo, they really only had one really target in reality. And Teddy Bridgewater worked around that as well. So he can deliver the ball. But Josh McCown starting this year, the Jets are going to be in a whole heap of – well, they're already in a heap of trouble. But, you know, starting Josh McCown is not the thing they need to do in reality. Well, and, you know, I I think unless barring uh, a setback on Teddy Bridgewater's uh, recovery and, you know, maybe there's underlying uh, setbacks that maybe we don't see in the public eye and and it's behind behind closed doors, I I don't see how McCown starts for this team. I mean – it's either, it's either Teddy Bridgewater is just outperforming McCown and, and Darnold once he gets into camp, or somehow Darnold comes in, surprises everybody, and Todd Bowles says, damn, I like what I see in this kid. You know what? He's starting week one. I, I just don't see a situation in how McCown is going to start week one unless – they can't get Darnold into camp, and Teddy's just not ready to go. And have no yeah, he takes a so. step back in his rehab, absolutely. So Exactly. I, I agree with you, Trevor, that whole thing. Now, now I, I'm not, not going to talk about – I mean, it, I, I, I meant it when I said it, okay, um, it, really quickly. The team that's going to win this division, that's why I took a couple of minutes before we started, is the Patriots. I don't even care what their roster is, Square Bow. When, when, you, when you have the reputation of doing what you're doing, okay – in New England, you win the division by default, and we talked about that with Indianapolis. However, how the the South and the AFC has changed, but you know, it, it, all roads go through uh, New England when you're trying to win this division. And it's just, I mean, it, it, as long as you got Tom Brady there, you you've got a chance to win the game. And that's and that right there is all I have to say. I mean, we can sit there and talk about who they lost and every, and by the way, they had a lot of losses and everything. And, you know, and, and listen, I don't even care about the Butler situation. In fact, I can't believe this is even still a story. This is really simple. When Bill Belichick says you're not playing, I don't give a shit who you are. And I mean that. And that goes to Butler. You don't play. 
And I'm telling you, in years to come, later on down the road, it's going to be revealed why he wasn't playing in that game. And they right now are saying injury, and they weren't sure about him. So that's the quote-unquote excuse, and now he doesn't want to talk about it anymore. But I bet you a couple of years down the road, we'll find out the real, real, real reason why that didn't happen. And I think it's going to be something that was on the Butler side of it, more so than Bill Belichick. Because let's be honest, Bill Belichick isn't an idiot. Now, granted, you don't want to piss this guy off, and the guy can hold a grudge, but we're talking about the Mm -hmm. Super Bowl here. He did what he thought really was best for that football team, and you can't tell me any differently. You could talk about ego all day long on this guy. Okay, he did what was right right for that football team in the Super Bowl, and that was sitting Butler. And and you can't tell me any differently because the guy's got as many rings as he has on uh, fingers on one hand. Actually, more than that. So... I'm not going to question Bill Belichick, and I can't believe anybody else has the the, the you know the gall to question uh, you know Bill Belichick after you know you win Super Bowls and Super Bowls. Yeah, granted you just lost one, and but it wasn't because Butler wasn't in the lineup. Let's get serious. Yeah, I mean you know it it, it really there was nothing that well I shouldn't say nothing, but there wasn't a whole lot that New England could have done to. Uh, Stop the game plan that the Philadelphia Eagles had in that Super Bowl. So I agree. You know, with that with that said, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, Malcolm Butler had little to no impact on the performance of the Patriots uh, in that Super Bowl, and, and you know, honestly, like, does it even matter anymore, Sonny? Why he didn't play? Does it really matter? I mean, it's in the news what? everywhere. They're still talking about it, Cuervo. Like, I, I thought we put this to bed, you know, a month and a half after the Super Bowl. Look, and the reason it came back up is because there's a reporter uh, that was asking about it, and he rephrased the question about four times, and quite frankly, it, it started upsetting uh, Bill Belichick. So I think that's what you were talking about when it comes yeah. to this, because there was a, there was a guy that that kind of rephrased the question about three or four different times, and he was just like, "Look, I'm wor- I'm I'm worried about 2000." I'm not thinking about. Yeah, he's not on the team anymore. I could give a shit. (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, I I mean, it's it's just people in the media don't want to let it go. I agree. Yep. Yep. You know, to me, it's just like I don't even think Malcolm Butler cares uh, why he didn't. If you believe what he says, Cuervo, he holds no ill will. I don't think he even cares anymore. Yeah, but. I think don't they meet in in the uh, I I didn't look at the schedule but uh, don't they meet meet them this year or no? Where did he go? Um, he got signed by some. Oh, the Tennessee Titans. All right, so I think they actually do have Tennessee this year, so uh, he'll get us a little bit of revenge in that game, and they'll be talking about that in that game. I'm almost sure the Patriots meet the Titans this year. Yeah, I I, I think they do because I I want to say. Oh, God. No. Hold on a second. No, Jacksonville won the AFC South. Yeah. So, New England will play Jacksonville. I know that for sure, but I don't know if they're going to get uh, Tennessee as well. I don't know if it's the rotation. Yeah, I'm, pull, I'm pulling it up right now, but I'm almost sure uh, the Patriots have them. Right. Let's find it. <laughs> I didn't even look at it. That that just goes to show how much research I did on the Patriots. So here it is. Yeah, uh, the Patriots. Yep, same here. 
Yeah, here we go. All right, so they, they um, hit that button right there. Those are preseason games. I'm almost, I could have swore they had the Titans. They do. Patriots and Titans, November 11th at noon. So that's going to be, that's going to oh, be, okay. you know, that, you that's all they'll talk. That's all they'll talk about, you know, that week. Everything else will be, everything else will be put to, to the side. It will all be about that situation. So that's one week I will probably, probably turn off news when they start talking Patriots and Titans because it won't go about the game and what's going on to that point of the game. It's all going to be about Belichick and Butler. You watch. Yeah, that's so stupid, though. I mean, come on, let's 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 be adults, you know? Can we talk? <laughs> like, come on, man. That's the media quiver. Sometimes heck, even the media can't get over a story, you know. So it's see, I'm sure Bill Belichick wasn't going to want to talk about it. You know, I mean, because I mean, and by the way, doesn't it seem like he's getting pissed off a lot lately? I mean, last year was bad. The year before that, yeah, it was bad. Last year was worse. Something tells me it, it, if Bill Belichick doesn't have an actual conniption out of on the uh, in front of the podium, might be surprised. This guy is he is the epitome of a grumpy old man. That's what my wife calls me out of the grumpy old man. You know, and, and guess what? Look, I, mean, I mean, Bill Belichick fixed that bolt big time. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, look at look at look at what happened last year. Um, you know, the, and, and you know, we've talked about about couple times you go back to that game that monday night game in miami yes they lost look that i think that was a turning point in the relationship between belichick brady and robert Kraft. like the 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 three that that have kept this thing going for you know the past 15 years uh i think there are there's a little bit of a salvage relationship between the three of them and and you know, whether it's going to implode this year, I, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know if that's going to happen. But is there a chance? Absolutely. There's a chance. Absolutely. Always a chance. And, and, and you know, and, and so between that Monday night game in Miami and, and then trading Garoppolo away when Belichick wanted to do everything in his power to keep Garoppolo, I think, you know, there's there is some – there is some friction there. I think there is a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, people taking sides and all that stuff. And, and um, I think, like you said, I mean, it, it, there's something that could wind up happening. I'm not going to predict that it is going to happen. But if, if we start hearing stories about things going on in the locker room throughout the season, I think – I think you're looking at the – I really, truly think that you're looking at the beginning of the end of the New England Patriots era. Oh, I, I think I, – I don't even I, – well, I'll even take it one step further. Even if there's not any problem, this is the last year for Bill Belichick. I, I, I mean, frankly, I, I, frankly, I'm surprised he's here this year. But I, I just don't think this guy's got a gumption for another two years of this crap. He doesn't have the patience. He doesn't have – I mean, this guy is a champion over and over and over. And, and frankly, in his ego, I get it. But anybody I, – I, see, and I go back to the question. I, you know, right now, if he cut Tom Brady, it'd be the biggest story in the world. But I'm going to tell, tell you what I think, Cuervo. I, I, I wouldn't question him. 
and there's because Bill Belichick has a habit of getting rid of guys when they are not going to be, uh, you know, productive for his football team. He's got a, he's got a history of it. I mean, you got guys that have gone away from the Patriots and just faded to black really quick. Okay, you haven't seen too many guys that get out of New England and all of a sudden become superstars. That just don't happen, Quiver. I can't think of any off the top of my head. I don't know if you can or not, um, but there's nobody that has left that organization and found themselves, you know, in better position to win championships. They may have found more money, but not in a better place to win championships. And let's be honest, Quiver, that's what it's all about when you when you start talking that kind of stuff. It's all about championships. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, oh, you know what? I just thought about something. We didn't mention Danny, Danny Amendola being a, a Miami Dolphin when we were talking about but now that we're talking yeah, about the you Patriots, know, I remember. <laughs> but you know what? Quavo, that, that goes, that goes back to exactly what I was just saying. It, uh, it, M, Danny Amendola is about as productive on any other football team as me being on it. Danny, I, I think Danny Amendola is well, going to be irrelevant in Miami. If you can't deliver him the ball, that's going to be a problem. And right now, when you look at Ryan Tannehill, Cuervo, the questions are the questions are about his mechanics. The questions are about yeah, making yeah. good decisions. And guess what? Amadillo, uh, Amadillo, Amadillo brings it brings a great option. But if you're not going to give him the ball, that is it's a waste pickup. So it'll be all about whether or not Miami can put Danny Amadillo in a position where that they can, you know, have some kind of productive relationship. But something tells me just by the history of what's going on in Miami at the quarterback position with Ryan Tannehill there, it's not going to happen. Because even when he did have weapons, Cuervo, he didn't deliver the ball. Yeah, and, and, and that's why I said, you know, that's how that's how relevant it's not, is the fact that we yeah. didn't even mention it. But the reason I brought that up is because I want to talk about another receiver on New England real quick. Uh, a guy that's not going to be there for the first four weeks, Julian Edelman. Uh, yes. You know, it, it's – it's like perfect timing because every, everything that we're talking about, they're showing it on NFL Network. I think they're listening to our show right now, and I think they're they're putting <laughs> it up on the screen for us to watch, Sonny. So, but uh, I'm not even. Uh, I, I'm actually watching Fox's broadcast, and it just actually went off. So you know, I, I, they they went into other things now. But um, but yeah, I I don't know, Quavo. It, it it this is going to be an interesting division, and. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of things have to happen for other other teams besides the New England Patriots to even make it out. So it should be a very well, interesting and that's what year. What I was going to say is, is outside of the Patriots, that's the interesting part. Talking about the Patriots, yeah. there's nothing interesting about that because nothing. You already know yeah. they're going to win the division. <laughs> you know they're going to win the division. You know they're going to make the playoffs. Like, what is what's the interesting part in that? Is it is it? Oh, what, is they're going to win 12 or 13 games? Oh, is Brady going to uh, be an MVP candidate again? Like, what is there? What is so interesting about the New England Patriots? Exactly. And uh, got a message from Ty. He says the same reason he didn't mention Danny Amendola, because he's just another player. And that's what Tom Brady makes just another player a superstar, but on a different football team, he's a nobody, and that's exactly what I look at when I look at him. So, that having right. been said, we're going to kick into our third hour here, Cuervo. We're going to take our quick break here, and uh, we're going to come to the NFC East 
And this is going to be an interesting division, especially here for my locals. I had a couple of messages. Are you going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys today? Yes, and that happens within the third hour, which is what I told them. So we're, we got a couple of people listening about what's going to be going on in the NFC. So you're going to have to hold on to the break as we are going to kick off the NFC West on the other side. You're listening to the Couch Potato Sports Show. And that being said, our Sunday morning tradition continues on today as well as every Sunday, except for August 19th as I'll be traveling. But we'll be doing it each and every week. Nine to noon during the football season, week number one to the Super Bowl, or yeah, uh, well, to the playoffs, and then obviously 12 to 3. We'll be back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullen at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. Costco Insurance has been in Rowlett since 1981, a family-run independent insurance agency that Texans trust. Our website, CostloInsurance.com, was built to explain insurance in an easy-to-read, information-only format just for you with articles you will enjoy. 
promise because we wrote it. Bundle your insurance and save big. Did you know when you put together at least two types of insurance from an insurance company, typically home, apartment, or rental, along with your auto insurance, you can save as much as 25%? It's true. So come visit us on Main Street in Rowlett or on the web at costloinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend, Michael Smith, of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation. Restoring the calm after the storm. All right, here we go. Well, for some reason, our music is too low. I don't know if it's playing. Don't care. But we are here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is Sunday as we are here. On that being said, as we continue our coverage of the East in the NFL, we just got done with the AFC. And you can say whatever you want. We always talk about this division that we're going to talk about the NFC East with four football teams that are always seem to be on the cusp, but usually two teams have a heck of a time to try to get it done. Last year, we were completely surprised about what we got with, obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles and them winning the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday. But, you know, the situation with the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, obviously don't forget about the Giants and, and don't do whatever you do. You know, if you forget about teams in this division of football, Cuervo, this is one of those things that ends up happening because even the Washington Redskins can sneak up on you. But that having been said, that's what we're in. We're going to be talking about this division. And, folks, you know, I, I, know, I know I'm going to receive a lot of heat with what I'm about ready to do, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. And the main reason is, is because – there, there are some people that have got a lot of love 
for certain teams within this division. And you got Dallas, you have New York, Philly, and Washington. It's very easy to pick the Washington Redskins to finish last in this division. Um, and, and so it, and it's not because I just want to go outside the box. That's not my pick here today. And so we're going to start with the team that I think is going to finish in fourth. And, and it's the same reason, Cuervo, that I picked the Miami Dolphins to finish last within their division. They have a quarterback problem, and I'm talking about the New York Giants. I've been talking about this now going on for four years. Don't come to me and say all of a sudden, Sonny, you're talking about Eli Manning not being a good football co- uh, player at the quarterback position. No, folks, if you go back and listen to the archives for five years, and I've been right, by the way, Eli Manning is still not the answer, but this is a football team that has a mad crush on this guy, Cuervo, and it's going to be the downfall of this football team. Last year, I picked them to win this division. Well, I just went completely opposite, and I'm putting them on the bottom. And also, some of the reasons why, I don't know what we're going to get from Odell Beckham. I'm actually worried about this kid, and I'm going to tell you the reason why. If he is not rehabbed correctly, I think this could be a very, very big year for this guy if he's healthy. But the problem Mm -hmm. that I foresee, and it's just everything that comes in, all the stories I read about Odell Beckham, that this guy's not ready yet, Cuervo, and that is a problem for this football team. It's bad enough they don't have a quarterback position, but guess what? You lose your number one wide receiver as well, that is a huge impact up on the offense, and that's what it's going to take to win games in this division is having an offense because you've got two other teams, at least in this division, that can score. Yeah, well, I mean, if if Odell Beckham hasn't recovered from, a, you know, seven months from a broken ankle, then there's definitely something wrong. There's something more to it than that. Like, even, you know, I, I'm – even it took less time for me to recover from a broken ankle, and I'm not in athlete, you know the athletic shape that Odell Beckham Jr. is in. So, um, if if he's still not ready to go after seven months of of uh, healing up a broken ankle, then there's something wrong, and, and it needs to be looked at. It needs to be addressed what? right away. But yep. It's a story. So, um, I'm, I'm not, I, from what I'm hearing, they say he's healthy, but there's also a few out there, Cuervo, that are talking, you know, behind the scenes there, and it's it's almost hush hush. But I've been hearing problems with this guy with his injury. So whether or not Odell Beckham is going to be ready to rock and roll come week number one, how much they actually use him in their first preseason game against the the Cleveland Browns, by the way, is their first preseason game. You know, the Giants have got to be very careful with their quarterback position and that as far as that's concerned. Now, that having Mm -hmm. been said, there's other things that are going on out here, Cuervo, is that Jenkins trying to focus on football instead of the guy that dies in his house, off-the-field problems that are going on there. Now, Odell Beckham does it again, a one-handed catch. And, you know, I'm sorry, I'm just not impressed. But I will say for this time, Cuervo, I'm going to give him the good because they they need to see that from Odell Beckham. This just came out four hours ago, a video of Odell Beckham grabbing up that one-handed catch. I think it's because he got a little Uh, jealous of what happened from Antonio Brown. It's like they're going to have an off-the-field thing going on, you know, as far as, you know, what's going to happen, you know, in practice. I'm supposed to be the franchise player. We ain't here talking about practice. Alan, I understand. 
It grows practice. I mean, it, it, listen, it, we talking it, about practice, not a game, <laughs> not a game, not a game. We talking about game. practice. And, and you know, I'm sorry, I but for Odell Beckham, I think that's a, that's a sign of a good thing, Cuervo, because you need this guy out on the football field making one-handed grabs in practice. I don't know what he's trying to do or who he's trying to impress, but I'm going to tell you right now, Cuervo, I'll just say I'm glad he caught the ball and it looks good, but that is just the dumbest thing that Odell Beckham could be doing right now, which is trying to make a circus catch in practice. And when your team is that dependent on you to be the superstar that you are, you cannot put yourself in that position, which tells me that I worry about Odell Beckham in his maturity as well. This is not the move that you do. Now, granted, I might be an old-fashioned dude, and and I'm glad I got a young guy on my uh, show as as my co-host uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Cuervo, but this just doesn't seem like the right thing to do if you're Odell Beckham. Uh, you mean going up and making one-handed catches? In practice. <clears throat> well, I mean, I mean, it could be disastrous, yes. I mean, it absolutely could be. But look, guys like that, and, and it's not even that they're showing off. It's just in their nature to do it. It's just in their nature to make plays like that. And, and you know, they, they, I guess it's kind of like what you said, you know, they want to show people, and you know, especially the Giants, look, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to play, I'm at 100%, you know, the ankle's feeling good, whatever the case may be, and, but at the same time, I mean, look, we all know, we all know the, 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 uh, uh, the reputation that wide receivers have, okay, the yeah. divas, the show-offs, you know, they want the attention. They, they want to be the center of attention. And that's why, you know, you have what you have. And, and that's the way it goes. So that's what they do. And guess what? Cameras, media, they eat that stuff up. They love it. They abs- And that's why they will. That's why the cameras are there. <laughs> yeah. And, and, they, and they'll show it. They'll show it all day. Because. Yep. You know, it gets it gets you hyped up for for football, and yep. so that's you know you're there. That, you're on the Cuervo. I think that's why they do it. Yep. So. <laughs> Especially if you're the Giants, Cuervo, you need something to hype you up because. But I well, will tell you, everything that I'm reading about Barkley Cuervo, he's everything that he was supposed to be coming out in the draft, and they and uh, you know all good yeah. stuff going out. From the rookie, they signed him quickly, Cuervo. They didn't play any games with him. They got him under contract to make sure he's there, to make sure he gets done. But here's here's the thing. I, I You know, with everything that's going on, and, you know, whether it's Odell Beckham, you know, there's mm-hmm. going to be a situation, guess what? They're going to have to lock in Odell Beckham after a year where he didn't even hit the football field for very long. And will they do the same thing that they did over there with the Todd Gurley? And how much more impact will that be with the Le'Veon Bell situation and some of the other situations where guys want contracts such as uh, as Julio Jones? So if the Giants take a step and they they sign a long-term deal with Odell Beckham, you know, that's going to create a lot of things. But a good thing for 
the Giants because then you have everybody happy as well. And you can say whatever you want about a football team. When guys aren't happy, it does reflect out on the football field. And a lot of it has to do, obviously, as a big payday, wanting to get the money. But that's why, me personally, I think that's why Odell Beckham is in training camp. Because, frankly, I'm surprised he's there, Cuervo. So there's got to be a reason why he's there. And sure enough, two days after I hear about it, he's wanting to maybe see what he can get um, as far as an extension or a new contract. So um, if you're the Giants, there's a lot of things that you've got to worry about. Never mind just Odell Beckham's injury. you just got to worry about Odell Beckham in general because he now is putting himself in the position where he wants that focus on him and he wants a new contract as well. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, and that's that's what all these guys are trying to do. They're trying to get a leg up on getting an extension. And now I, I'm a firm believer. If I was a GM, Sonny, I, my policy, my rule would be no extensions during the season, okay? And now I know it's not the season yet. But to me, I think the season, I define the season as – Training camp. That to me, that's when the season starts for a football team. I agree. Is when, I agree. Is when the players, yeah, when they're in training camp and everybody's together and they're working, you're working together. You're at work. So, to me, that's when the season has officially begun. And my policy would be: look, no extension talk until the season is over. Okay. Show me what you got this year, and you have my word that if you meet these goals or whatever, then you know what? We're going to take care of you, okay? And if we don't, and if I back off of my word for whatever reason, then you know what? You have every right to go somewhere else or hold out or whatever the case may be because as a GM, that that's that is – my due diligence to my players is yep. if I if I give you my word that I'm you're going to get paid, then you're going to get paid. I I just don't want to do it during the season. I want you to focus on football. I want you to focus on getting better, getting ready for the season, going out there compete for a championship. That's what the focus yep. should be. Not not your wallet. Not you know I want to you know uh, you know get, get paid while everyone else is is sitting back and, and, and focused on football and what's important. Like, to me, I don't know, that, that that's how I would run business. And I'm sorry if, if, if you disagree with that or if you don't like it, get, well, then there's 31 other teams that I'm sure would be more than interested in having you. So Absolutely. Taking control of your football team as a general manager – um, I think is so vital and, and making sure that Odell Beckham knows his place. You can say whatever you want about players having all of the, uh, all of the leverage and everything. It, you might be right, but if you're a general manager that don't play that game, you let it be known. And that's one thing that they need to do now. I, I, you know, yeah. granted, you know, the, these football players do have that impression. They do it. And Lord forbid they start playing well. And Lord forbid they're in playoff contention. Then we'll hear more stories about this, about how they think, you know, look what we did. Look where we are and everything else. So, you know, I think you're right, Cuervo. I think the time to take care of that is before you hit the football field in practices. So 
the Giants, but uh-huh. you know, and, and and I'll put it out here. Todd brought this part up. I agreed 100% with what he first said because I was like, well, if you're the Giants, you don't need to really do anything except for the fact to get healthy and get some guys back. And whether Collins is back after two arm surgeries and things of that sort, mm-hmm. Odell Beckham, if he's back, if Eli Manning's going to be there. But he did bring up something that is a problem, and that's the secondary of this football team because it's not just a mess. It is a god-awful mess, Todd. So when you're looking at the, the secondary – you got to remember the the uh, Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be throwing football teams this year. Now, granted, they'll have the rushing attack, but the, those two teams within this division, you are going to have to stop. So you got four games against two teams within your own division that you need to play well against and try to get the win. Never mind some of these other teams that are going to be throwing the ball on them in their schedule too, Cuervo. So. You know, the fact that they really did not work on the secondary in the offseason, that is the red flag that I've seen from the, from the Giants. And it's the reason why I have them placed there outside the fact that I don't think Eli Manning is just the right guy. Um, and fr- frankly, he's not in the top 15 at, at the quarterback position, and they should have let him go so they could have went and got their quarterback for their future this year within the draft, and they failed to do that because of the love with Eli Manning. Well, Sonny, they they had a chance to get him. They, they could have got they could have kept Eli as the vet teaching the new the new guy, and they passed up on him because they went and got Saquon Barkley. Now, am I saying that was the wrong move? Absolutely not. Look, Saquon Barkley is is a talent that it's just it's just hard to pass up. Okay, the reason the Cleveland Browns didn't take him is because. You know, just like they do every draft, they take a quarterback in the first round. Uh, well, they didn't do it last year with Miles Garrett, but every year before that, they took a quarterback. So they're still trying to find a quarterback that knows the game of football, okay? Believe it or not, Sonny, the Giants have one. I know you can laugh all you want, but at least Eli Manning is somewhat competent. Look, the reason Eli Manning sucks is because he's old. And, and guess what? I mean, Tom Brady is the exception to father time, all right? Um, Drew Brees. So, yeah, Drew Brees is another example. I mean, those guys are just exceptional talents that you can't deny and that, you know, they could play until they're 45 if they want at a high level. Uh, I think Eli Manning can't do that. Eli Manning can't, and he won't do that. So they had an opportunity to get Eli's replacement and they passed him up. And I, you know what? I don't blame him, but now you have set yourself back and you better get one next year. I think the Giants or, are all Or you better or you better trade for somebody, Cuervo. You need to trade for somebody. If if you're not because I think I'm going to take the step back and say I think they did make the mistake in the draft by not getting them. Because I'm, I'm just going to say it. You got a running back as your number one. Listen, I, I get it, and I understand. And not only that, they signed this guy to a big contract. So, you know, great, wonderful. But who, what position would you rather have for your future? A running back that usually lasts three or four years, Cuervo, or a quarterback that could be your mainstay for the next 10 to 15 years? 
this was a mistake because next year Eli Manning won't be there. And if he is, the Giants need to get their head examined. I mean, I've, I've been watching for the last five years that this guy at the quarterback position not getting the job done. Okay, sooner or later, the Giants seem to figure out what's, why are they not getting the job done. Well, you got the number one wide receiver, so to speak, if that's what you want to call him, and no doubt back him. You've got a good offensive line sometimes, okay? Granted, last year, it was a mess. year before that, it wasn't very bad. So if you want to blame Eli last year because of the offensive line, you can go ahead. You, you got the combination of him getting older, his declining mechanics and things of that sort, up on top of not having the offensive line fine. But if you're not going to do it, Cuervo, you know, I think they should have went after the quarterback and or they should have got the offensive lineman because it all is going to go back to the quarterback position anyway. Now, Barkley, I hear is a great blocker, but here's the thing. The expectations of other things this guy's got to do more so than be the position player, such as the offensive lineman that will protect them or the quarterback itself that will deliver the ball. And when you grab up a running back, Cuervo, plus the money they paid him, Cuervo, give me somebody. I'll try to find someone. I mean, but my gosh, you've got to look up for the future of your franchise, and they dropped the ball. So my thinking is, Cuervo, is that even though I think Eli Manning should be gone next year, that will be probably his last year if they draft a quarterback in the draft next year. If they don't, Cuervo – you know, this is a giant team that needs a rehaul at the at, obviously at the general managing position yet again. All right, Sonny, I got one for you. This this is going to blow your mind. All right, this is this is up there with the Larry Sherald to the New England Patriots uh, prediction okay. that I had. So mark it down. Today's July 29th, two thousand eighteen. It is twelve twenty three p.m. Pacific time. 2.23 p.m. Central Time. Central. Yep. Uh-huh. Marking it down. So, depending on how things go in Baltimore, I can see the Giants trying to make a trade for Joe Flacco. That's going to be their fix. Now, look, he's only he's 33 years old, okay? He's a little bit older, but... Do I think Flacco can still play at a decent level for the next four or five years? With with a receiver like Beckham? Yeah, I could see that. He's got a strong arm. He's from the area. And guess what? He's on his last contract. He's on his last year with the Baltimore Ravens. His extension yes, back in is. 2016. This is the last year of his, of his extension. So he's going to be a free agent. If Lamar Jackson goes into Baltimore this year, Sonny, and blows blows it out the water, Joe Flacco is going to be gone. Now, the Giants have two options. They can either, A, wait until the season's over and try to sign him as a free agent, or they can lock him up now before he hits free agency, trade for him, give the Giants... I don't know, fourth-round pick, third-round pick, something like that. You know, because you're going to overpay for a quarterback. It's just, it's just Absolutely. going to happen. That's why okay. I was going to say second, but okay. I, I would say probably third is what the, the Ravens could get in return. Um, but that's, that's 
that's the name I'm going to give you as a guy that could go to the Giants, take over until the Giants find them a quarterback in the draft. Well, it, it's it, it, by the way, just so that you know that oh, that was talk, terrible. Crazy knucklehead, a terrible. That that's the talk, and it wasn't about about Flacco going to the Giants. That was about Lamar Jackson taking the job away from Joe Flacco. I mean, I, I'm going to tell you, Cuervo, that, that that talk that is out there, by the way, and we'll just jump <laughs> off of it. That that's the most ridiculous story I've ever heard, and any coach needs to be fired if they think that Jackson needs to be taken over for Joe Flacco. So that I'm up on record. So you were throwing the crazy one. I had one I was going to mention. I'm glad you mentioned it because I'm going to tell you right now, if the Tennessee Titans don't have a good season with Marcus Mariota, that's who's going to be in New York at the quarterback position, Cuervo. I, because this guy's got the goods. He's got the arms and he'll run. So you got the combination of him being young. So we, we're thinking the same thing. We're just thinking the different guy uh, because I think right now when you look at Tennessee and their, and the Titans, this is a football team that's got to be successful if they're going to have Marcus Mariota on that football team next year. All things are pointing really good for him, Cuervo, and he had a halfway decent season last year. But this guy slacks off that in any case – I think Marcus Mariota could be out of Tennessee, and Tennessee will be looking for a quarterback. Of course, that's in my humble opinion, of course. That's a tough one, Sonny. I mean, I, I think Tennessee has gotten better over the past couple of years. and I mean, they made the playoffs last year. So, to me, I think their their arrows pointing up. It's not, it's not sideways, you know, as a, you know, as in not going anywhere or not getting worse, but – I mean, I, I don't – it would have to be a situation where Marcus Mariota just completely forgot how to play the game in order for them to let him go or trade him away. I mean, it would have to be a drastic situation that happens for them to get rid of a Mariota. I, I, I don't – I mean, that, that would be completely insane if that happened, but um, – then again, I'm mean, seeing crazier things happen. Yeah, we've seen crazy things happen. <laughs> well, Qu- Quervo, I'm going to tell you, I- I'll just give you a quick, brief reason why I think they could end up in, in where they are. Okay? It, you know, it- it- it's got to be a season where Marcus Mariota does very well immediately. I want to tell you the reason why. It's the Dolphins. It's the it's the Texans. Now, granted, they got a tough one against Jacksonville and the Eagles, but after that, it's Bills, Ravens, Chargers. These are games that they should win with that franchise-type quarterback and, win, and not only win, but play well. I mean, it, we've seen the Tennessee Titans win games with him not playing well. Now the Titans need to see this guy play well. So the Giants, I think, I think the Giants with Odell Beckham and a couple of other pieces that give him another one because really, if you look at Tennessee, who's he throwing the football to? So that was the reason why I was kind of looking at it that way with the combination of that 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 um, that um, that schedule that they got going on. My, I think the expectations are going to be really high for him. So the Giants, you know, I, I just I have Giants finishing last in this division. Cuervo, I don't know. What do you where do you have them finishing in this division? I know people think I've lost my mind, but I just don't see it. Even with, even with Odell Beckham healthy, 
Eli still needs to deliver the ball, and if he doesn't deliver it accurately, you're going to have another hurt Odell Beckham like he just had last year. No, you're absolutely right, Sonny. I mean, if you remember the play that he got hurt on, it was a I bad do. throw by Eli. I, and I and, and not only that, Cuervo, we predicted that to happen. <laughs> I mean, as much as, as much as I hate to admit that, yeah. Because I hate. I mean, Cuervo, we talked but... about Cuervo, we talked about it the, the month before it happened. Because what we were we talking about is the accuracy of why Odell Beckham's got to make these kind of catches because he, he, the ball is not delivered. He's got to go back and get the ball because the ball is not delivered accurately. He's not delivering the ball when he's in stride. It's always behind him or too far ahead of him. You know, the guy shouldn't hit the broadside of a barn if it was going two mile an hour. And and that's and that is my knock on on Eli Manning. Now, is Eli Manning a good quarterback? Obviously, yes. Okay, I don't want to put that, but his accuracy over the last five years, Cuervo, has declined. And you've got guys that have got to make catches more so than him delivering the ball. And those are two different. Those are two separate sentences. Whether a guy can catch a ball is irrelevant. It's whether or not it can get be delivered so he can catch the ball. And you've got to be able to let these guys do what they do best, which is the yakety yak. they got to get the yards after the catch. If you don't give Odell Beckham to get the yards after the catch, you're not, you're not utilizing your wide receiver to his fullest potential. Yeah, you're on mute. There he is. I, I am, sir. I am, sir. Uh, no, but no, you're absolutely right. You have to be accurate uh, with your throws, or else. I mean, it, it just throws the timing of of the absolutely. whole playoff. Absolutely. And yep. And that's when bad things happen. You leave your receivers. You hang them out to dry. You, ha- you know, they have to jump too high, and then they get they get cracked. You know, last five years he's been doing that. Mm-hmm. So I mean. You know, you have to that, – that's something that uh, – you know, accuracy is something you can fix. You can't really fix arm strength. Um, yes. You can, you can always work on it, and you can get strong. But, but, but accuracy is just something that you have to continue to do reps and, and work on. And it's just – or else, you know, if you don't put the effort in, it's never going to happen. It's never going to work. Yep. And you're going to continue to hang your receivers out to dry. So, really, what the point I'm making, Sonny, is that Eli needs to rediscover the dedication to the game. That's 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 my conclusion on that. Is that the, I agree the, with you 100. percent The reason that he hasn't been accurate as he normally is is because I just think he's lost his dedication to the game. And if and if that's the case then do the Giants a favor and ask for a release or retire. Exactly. That's what you have to do. So Absolutely. You can't, you can't sit and pretend like you still got it and, you know, because you want the money and all that stuff. You're just hurting yourself. You're hurting your legacy. You're hurting, you know, you're hurting, I, I agree you're hurting you. other people I agree with you 100%. So that's, Very that's, interesting. That's, uh, 
this giant team is going to be very interesting. I, you know, I, I don't think there's going to be any good of it. I think you'll see mediocre or bad one of the two. I don't think there's going to be good here. Um, I, you know, for their sake, obviously I hope that's not going to be it, but do you have them last in this division Cuervo or do you have them up a little bit higher in this division? You know what? Um, you mentioned it at the beginning. I took the easy route. <laughs> I, I, I've got the Giants finishing third in this division. Third. I just think Very that, good. you know, yeah, a lot of people are trying to hype the Giants up because of, you know, the Barkley pick and the draft and whatnot. But that's just not enough to me. In my opinion, it's not enough. Odell Beckham coming back, it's not enough. Now, what I will say, one guy that we haven't mentioned, and I think this is the biggest – move that they made is they brought Nate Solder over from New England. Uh, and that's what Eli needs. Is he needs that help, that protection on the offensive line. And he's got yep. it now with a guy in Solder who, who, you know, was on a winning team his whole career. Now he brings that over to the Giants. That's going to be huge for them. I think that's the best pickup that they made the whole offseason. And I, and I will tell you, that is definitely something because coming from a Super Bowl champion type football team, maybe he can also give him some pointers on where to go because sometimes Eli Manning, I'm sorry, he just looks lost. I, you know, I, I'm, that's horrible. <laughs> but that having been said, there's a reason why I didn't go the easy route because I'm somewhat a believer, Cuervo, in the Washington Redskins being third in this division, and that's because of Alex Smith. Now, granted, you're going to look at a football team, okay, that is going to have a lot of losses on it, okay? They they are going to lose Hall. He retires. D'Angelo, he's done. Not that he was anything great in the first place before he retired, but he's a name that is gone. But really, the Washington Redskins, you, you take away a guy, which, by the way, I think was a cancer to your football team. Sonny, what are you talking about? Talking about their quarterback play last year. I am sorry. But Kirk Cousins is a cancer. And the reason why he's a cancer is because a team looks at this guy as, you know, the guy that can bring home the trophy or at least get him somewhere. And he actually believes he could do it. So the combination of that and, I, you know, say what the Kirk Cousins situation, you get a guy in Alex Smith. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, Cuervo. I, hell, I'm not even going to say they're going to win 10 football games. Hell, I'm not even going to say they're going to make the playoffs. But if you're the Washington Redskins, this is a good move for you. I'm sorry. You say whatever you want about Alex Smith, okay? But Alex Smith has had success at the quarterback position, although it hasn't been to the Super Bowl but yeah, or the second round of playoffs. But you, we're talking about playoffs. Now, granted, they're not going to get there, Cuervo, with him. But Alex Smith is definitely the better quarterback. And not only that, he signed for big money. Um, you take away the money out of it. I like the signing of Alex Smith at the quarterback position. And it all starts there, Cuervo. Again, I got him in third place, so it's not like they're going to be bringing home any trophies. But it's called baby steps when you're not very good. And Washington Redskins have not been good, supposedly, with a guy who's making all that money that Kirk Cousins made up underneath the franchise tag. And what did it get him? Nothing. Alex Smith can at least maybe give you an opportunity where you might be able to sniff the playoffs. So that having been said, I really like the signing of Alex Smith for this football team, but then you still got to get to the fact that I know who are they going to throw the football to at the wide receiver position. And that is the part that is going to end up hurting them. But 
Cuervo, if he can find one or two guys that he can develop some chemistry with at the wide receiver's position, that would be good for them. So my question to you, Cuervo, is off the top of your head, name one wide receiver for the Washington Redskins. <laughs> I know, does Art Monk still play? <laughs> so that having been said, you, you, so that's where he's got to develop the chemistry with one. Uh, let's see, here they got. Um, I'm, uh, here it is. Here's the here is the depth chart. Got, Cuervo, I cannot honestly say I know any of them. And Cuervo, there are a lot of them sitting here. There's nine, uh, nine, twelve, uh, twelve, fifteen wide receiver. Uh, yeah, 15 wide receivers. And I'm going to tell you, Cuervo, I have only heard of one, Sammy Cobb. And it's not the Cobb that I'm thinking of over in Green Bay. I've just heard of that guy. I don't even know why. Um, but Sammy Cobb. Here's these other ones. But, uh, Brian Quick, I've heard of him. They got him from the Rams. But take away, but I mean, he's not their own right home mama about. Uh, Josh Docton, who they have on the depth chart, uh, number one. Josh Docton, Jamison Crowder. Paul Richardson at the tight end position is Jordan Reed. I heard of him and Vernon Davis is behind him. Those are the only two guys I've heard of, but the wide receiver core needs some help. And, and hopefully for the Redskins case that they can work it up. I like their defense square, but always have, but they're always playing to try to, you know, you know, in the offense making bad mistakes and they got to try to keep them in football games. And there's only so many, you know, mistakes that offense can make that a defense cannot make up. Now, granted, I'm not saying their defense is stellar or anything, but their defense, you know, kept them in games as well. So, you know, their offense is going to be the big portion of this football team. They're still going to finish third in this division, but it'll be better than last year, Cuervo. I believe that. Maybe it's me. But my my only problem is is that if you're going to make that, those kind of decisions and you get rid of Kirk Cousins, I don't know how they kept Jay Gruden on as the head coach of this football team. I, I'm really confused about that, Cuervo. I'm sure you're not the only one, Sonny, but, I mean, you know, they, they, they missed the playoffs last year, and I guess oh, they wanted to see what what he could do or they're gonna they're gonna find out what they can without a Kirk Cousins at quarterback. So yep. you know, talking about the wide receivers. So I have heard of Josh Dotson. I'm surprised you don't remember him. That's a TCU kid. So uh, the fact that you you don't know who that is, or you maybe you just forgot, uh, it's, a, it's a little surprising. Um, you know, living down in that area. Uh, so Jameson Crowder, I know that name because. I drafted him in fantasy last year. He was on my there he was one of my uh, backups. So that's how I knew. <laughs> and last but not least, so Paul Rich. Okay, Paul Richardson. Paul Richardson's the guy that came over from Seattle. So he was a free agent from the Seahawks. Now he's in uh, uh, Washington. He got paid pretty handsomely for a guy that you know catches you know fifty sixty passes a year. Um, but he's you know he's a little speedster guy. So I think. I think um, I had heard of him. I had heard of him, but you know, it, it goes to not writing home to mama about that guy too. It, it, there's just no one oh, that sure. really stands out as that guy, you know. And, and, and frankly, that is good for an Alex Smith in reality. I think 
because Alex Smith and, and Tim and Tim stole my thunder on this. So I'm going to give him the credit because I was thinking about it when he was saying it. He says time of possession is going to be huge. Okay, Alex, you know Alex Smith is a winner. They might get eight. He says nine games. I say seven or eight. Um, and but I think that's because when you have an Alex Smith, you can't have a guy that's a diva like at the wide receiver position because I don't think that works with a guy like Alex Smith, Cuervo. I think that that's like oil and water. They just need guys that will go out and do their job so he can try to deliver the ball. Yeah, that's a very good point, Sonny. But did he really have someone like that in Kansas City? I mean. Would you really Nobody, Cuervo. I mean, I, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't even remember a wide receiver. I mean, remember one year they didn't even get the ball in the frickin' end zone on a passing play two years ago. Okay, it always went to the tight end. Okay, so they never, you know, it's a football team that hardly utilizes the wide receiver two years ago, and they got yeah. they finally got their first touchdown. I think it was like week seven, week six or seven. They got their first touchdown from a wide receiver in, in a year and a half, and you know, so you know. It, it, it is what it is, Amy. And if you have a diva like that, I just I just don't think that works with a with with, with an Alex Smith. Now, you know, Alex Smith is definitely I think is the improvement, uh, but just not enough for this football team to get anywhere to sniff the. I mean, there's too many good teams in the NFC for them. To, I mean, you're going to get the team that wins this division. They're not going to get it. And then you're playing for the wild card, and you got two teams within your own division that you're going to have to contest up against in the wild card spot anyway. So, you know, you got that, never mind the other good teams within the NFC, whether it's the NFC South or, you know, Cuervo, because, you know, depending on how that whole thing works out, that could be huge. Uh, and the and the NFC North, I think, is going to be good, too. So watch out for that. Yeah. So it, it'll be it, – this could be an interesting division, um, but I don't, I don't see Washington sniffing anything, and that might just drive their owner crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Dan Snyder is a very hands-on guy. He's not Jerry Jones hands-on, but he's hands-on. You know, I, you know, I love you, Sonny. You know, you're, 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 uh, you're, you're the best co-host on blog, or the best host on Block Talk Radio. But I think, uh, I think you and I see, see a, a whole lot different on Alex Smith. I think Alex Smith is a guy, I think it's, I think it's a pretty big downgrade for the Washington Redskins. Number one, uh, he's a guy that just doesn't play big in big games. Number two, he's big older. Point. And number three, um, well, there's really no number three because I don't need one. All right? <laughs> he, he's, he's not a guy that, that plays big time in big games, and he just he just kind of folds. He folds under pressure. All right? He doesn't have his quite the arm strength that you would like in a quarterback. And he's an older guy than Kirk Cousins is. So, to me, I, I that's why I've got the Redskins finishing last. I just think I think they have downgraded their offense yet again for the second year in a row. And that's why I say that they're going to probably finish, if they're lucky, 6-10. and 10. If they're lucky, they will finish 6-10. and 10. They'll, they'll have I, a top I, five pick in the draft next oh, year. Oh, Cuervo, I'm right there with you on that record. You say six and ten, I was going to say seven and nine, um, it, which is definitely nothing, nothing big. 
Um, you, you, I think you're right under the pressure, but if you're the Redskins, it's kind of like you're the Browns of this division. I say that because you've got to be able to get out of your own way. And you say whatever you want. The Redskins can't get out of their own way to save their life. So if they just chug along, 8-8 eight and eight would be a fantastic season for this team. A 7-9, and nine, I think, would be a fantastic season for them and build up on something. See, and that's why Alex Smith, I think, Lord knows we're going we're to be on the opposite end of the spectrum on a lot of things. So Alex Smith is definitely, you know, the difference. But I think that that's where they build it. And then now when the Redskins are going to have to figure out a quarterback position because Alex Smith, like you said, is no spring chicken. I think Alex Smith is more of a guy that can teach more so than a Kirk Cousins. Um, so I, I see a lot of differences on the opposite side. We, yeah, we're on different scopes on it, but we're right there as far as record is concerned. I think you're, I think you're spot on as far as the record is concerned. So that uh, the Redskins got a lot of work they got to do to improve. So that's going to bring me to my second place team, Cuervo, and this and it pains me to say. This. Because it means that the Dow- I'm picking the Dallas Cowboys to win this division, and and, and I'm going to tell and it has absolutely nothing to do with this football team, Cuervo. It just happens to do with the odds. Okay, I and, and Cuervo, I'm just going to be straight out and honest. I didn't even look at the roster. I didn't even. I know who's on it. Um, I don't care who they got. When it comes to repeating and doing what you do, you don't do that on a consistent level right away. You usually start off and you, you do what you did last year. You win a Super Bowl. Then what's usually the next thing you do? You don't have a great season the next year because why? Film all of a sudden becomes more available and the a defensive coordinator has a whole offense to figure uh, off season to figure you out. Now, I'm not saying that they'll get him completely figured out over there. I'm not going to do that. Okay? I mean, yeah, and I'm not even talking about Cobb. I'm talking about their starting quarterback position. So when I look at this thing in a whole, I have to think, you know, what are the odds of this football team doing what, first of all, what they did was fantastic, but to continue on the same role after an off season and defensive coordinators have time to look at you and get even more tendencies on you, you know, more so than looking at the teams they have got to look at in that season. Well, now that teams are going to be looking at you and, and finding out what is the reason why you are good. Now, granted, Sometimes at the quarterback position, guess what? You just don't have an answer to figure out that quarterback. But something tells me within this time and with a guy coming off of injury is is that people are going to be out there nailing this guy. And, And I love Carson Wentz. I think he was the best thing to happen to that football team. They just got lucky to win the Super Bowl because I think they were going to win it with him. Um, But another year coming off of injury, I just don't have the trust. Of, of what I would be considered a seasoned quarterback that is used to doing it over and over and over and over again. So that's the only reason. And, and I, I, I didn't even look at the roster, didn't even look at the schedule. I just, the odds are totally against this football team. And usually when it's that way, those odds usually win, Cuervo. 
Well, Sonny, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from as far as the Super Bowl hangover and all that stuff because I, I know that's where you're going with that. I, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, I just think that this is an instance where, you know, this team is way too talented to not win this division. And, and I think it's it's almost like I'm picking the, the Eagles to win this division by default just because I think – they are that much better than everybody else in the division. Uh, and that's not taking anything away from the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to have a great season. Uh, I think they're going to be fighting for a wild card when it's all said and done. Do I think they're going to be better than, than the Philadelphia Eagles? Unfortunately, no. Now, this is also barring any major setbacks, injuries, things Absolutely. like that. And, and sure. obviously, we don't, I don't wish that on anybody. You know, not even the Green Bay Packers. As much as I, I can't stand them, you know, I would never wish injuries on on anyone. Do I want to see Aaron Rodgers get popped? Yes, but that doesn't mean I want him to get hurt. It's a big difference. So, uh, anyways, so I, I just that's that's my feeling on it, Sonny. I just think that the Eagles are way too talented to not make the playoffs, and the only way that I see them not making the playoffs is if there's a setback to Carson Wentz returning uh, from his torn ACL and Nick Foles, for some reason, just kind of forgets how to play the quarterback position and he starts them off three and three or something, you know, before yeah. Wentz finally is able to come back. If that happens, then you might be right. They might not make the playoffs or they might not win the division. But – I just, I mean, there were the, there's a lot of things that would have to happen uh, in order for that to be the case. And well, I will tell you, their schedule sets up good for that because uh, I didn't, I didn't even look, but now I just looked at it. Atlanta's going to be a tough game, but then they got Tampa Bay, Indianapolis, Tennessee, Minnesota. I mean, after week number one, Cuervo. I mean, this is a, this is that's a tough game. But just and and I looked at the Cowboys schedule before Todd said something that the Cowboys the Cowboys schedule is is perfect for them. I mean to to mm-hmm. do and Todd made mention of it. they get past week number one they could win eleven games and here and 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 it's not any anything necessarily against the the Eagles it, you know I I just I look at a lot of things when I'm looking at these I like looking at talent but I don't like teams that haven't been there and done that. And you know, and and that's the reason why you look at the NFC East, and you guys got, you have the Giants win, winning one year, the the, uh, the uh, Cowboys win one year. Now you have the Eagles winning one year for crying out loud. It's never a consistent like uh-huh. up in New England winning that division. They just have a habit of doing it over and over and over. This none of these teams in this league can do that, or in this division do that. So. And, and, you know, the Eagles, I think they're staying pat, and I think they're going to be good. But I got to hop on real quick before, because we're going to go into overtime. The Dallas Cowboys, the way they got it set up, you got to remember they had six games with no Zeke. They had a couple games they should have won. Um, and, and they're, and they're going to get their guys back, and they're getting more guys. I'm not saying they went out and signed a lot of stuff, Cuervo, but the Dallas Cowboys, this this could be the year. And, and Cuervo, I'd never say that about the Dallas Cowboys. But last year, this team was on the cusp of winning this division anyway. Um, but the problem was, was is that the Eagles just were that good. 
And now if the Eagles go back to what the Eagles are, which is a mediocre team, nine and nine and seven, ten and six, and that this is going to be a great division of football, and the Dallas Cowboys are going to be right there. But I agree with Todd. Todd says you get past that first game with the Dallas Cowboys, I, I'm right there with him. It, it, their schedule sets up really good for them to be really, really good. And, and, and the main reason why is Cuervo is is they don't have to be good. They got the Giants. They got Seattle. They're out of contention of anything. Detroit, then Houston. Jacksonville's really the only thing that they got to worry about week number six when they got Washington, Tennessee, and then Philadelphia. I mean, before they're seeing some real talent coming their way, they got to go 10 weeks. This is a football team that could be at 8-2 and two after, after uh, 10 weeks of football, and that will win them this division. And 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 I think Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott had the best year of his career last year. I, uh, oh, Sonny, have you lost your mind? Absolutely, and I'm going to give you the reason why. Because they were on the cusp of not having. They didn't have Sean Lee in the lineup. They didn't have Ezekiel Elliott. They had a couple of people that were missing in the wide receivers. Obviously, Des Bryant. These uh, we're talking about on the cusp. Uh, and all those things happen to where one or two of those things were happening week in and week out. If they could stay healthy, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm actually looking at the Dallas Cowboys defense, and they're making some – now, granted, they still need help in the secondary. I am not sold up on that secondary. They still need to make a move somewhere. But this team was right there, Cuervo. And if Ezekiel Elliott stays healthy, uh, the two-headed monster that he is – Cuervo, I'm going to tell you right now, I hate to say it because it makes me want to throw up in my mouth that Dallas Cowboys are going to be so hard to beat this year, especially with the way that the schedule sets up for them. It's setting up beautiful for them to be in at least contention for the wild card, if not winning this division. Well, I'll tell you, one thing I one thing I will say about the Dallas Cowboys, Sonny, and I you know, I, I'm sure I'm sure you're going to get some emails about about uh, you know about this comment that I'm about to make. You know, keep keep Cuervo as your co-host forever, right? That's that's the comment <laughs> you're going to get with what I'm about to say. Look, my dark horse for defensive rookie of the year is is Vander Esch, the, the guy that I, they I, drafted. Yep. I, I, I remember I, draft night. You were so in love with that pick, and you were wanting it to go somewhere else, obviously. Um, but you got a pretty good pick there on your team. But, yeah, I remember that on draft night. You were talking about how good this guy can be if he gets the right situation. Exactly, yeah. And, and you know, as, as time has gone on, it's just it's kind of grown on me. Like, look, this is a guy that, that is not getting the attention – of a guy like a Roquan Smith or, or a, yep. uh, you know, some of these other uh, Bradley Chubb over in Denver. But these guys are getting all the attention. Denzel Ward in, in, in Cleveland. Look, Vander Esch could be a, could be a guy that, that could surprise everybody. And that's why, you know, that, that definitely works in favor of the Dallas Cowboys, obviously. The problem yep. that I have with them, though, is – Offensively, look, Dak, he, Des Bryant leaving the team, could he? It could either be a very good thing, and that's what it looks like on the surface, just because of, you know, if you want to talk about his personality or just him, him and his, you know, him being a cancer antics. Um, yeah, his antics. You know, um, people kind of got sick of it. 
Yep. But I tell you, one thing you can't do when it comes to Des Bryant is deny his talent. Now, we haven't seen it much lately. That's you know, it's because he's, he's been fighting through some injuries and whatnot. But I think if he's back to the Des Bryant that we all know, I don't think there's no I don't think there's any denying the talent that he can still bring to the field. And whoever winds up picking him up it, it, it could reap those benefits as long as he's on his on his best behavior. Um, yep. I know Antonio Brown today uh, may yep. have made some statements on Twitter. He's campaigning for him to come to Pittsburgh. Imagine yes, that happening. Antonio that, that, Brown. That's a one. Does that's a one-two punch, Juju. man. Actually, it's uh, a one-two-three punch because they got a good yeah. wide receiver core. With Juju, right? So I mean, imagine Juju as a number three. Juju could be yeah. a number one on a handful of NFL teams, including the yep. one in Chicago. All right? Well, that's debatable. Allen Robinson's not bad, but I think Juju would wind up beating him out. So, yeah. you know, if him being a number three in Pittsburgh, well, that's dangerous to think about. That is a – I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but Antonio Brown's campaigning for it. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens – uh, with uh, with that situation with Des Bryant, I'm I'm actually surprised he's still available. To be honest with you, it's, it's not, July 29th. I'm not surprised. He, in Cuervo, I'm not surprised that he's still available. Well, I mean, you you can't stand because him no one's lost that. a major wide receiver yet. And as soon as that happens, Cuervo, that phone's going to start ringing. That's why I wasn't worried about Des Bryant being on a football team. I didn't think he would find a, a spot within his well, own division so he can play that revenge team. factor. But he's going to be on a football team next year or this year. But you, but you have teams that don't have a wide receiver. We just talked about one in the Washington Redskins. I'm still campaigning for it. Does to Washington? I'm still. I'm going to campaign for that until it doesn't happen, and he signs with someone else. I, I, I think that's going to be the best place for him, simply because he's getting everything he wants if he goes there. He's going to get his money. He's gonna get. He's gonna be the number one guy, and he's gonna get his revenge on the Dallas Cowboys. Now, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Look, I'm not gonna lose sleep over it. But that's my belief is that he's gonna become a Redskin. Why they're waiting to do it, I have no idea. Maybe they're waiting for, you know, because he doesn't work with Alex Smith, Cuervo. Cuervo, he just doesn't work with Alex Smith. Because Alex Smith, that's that diva wide receiver I was talking about a, a few minutes ago. It, it, it's not the kind, It's not the right fit in reality when you're looking. Now, on paper, it sounds like a great idea because as much as I hate the scumbag, the, the scum of the earth, even lower than the earth that he really is in, in, as far as personally, I won't deny the guy's talent because I think he's got talent. But that kind of listen, I'm telling you, Cuervo, you need to for one month spend fourteen ninety five and get that Amazon deal, and you'll see why people are staying away from this guy. I mean, it was so obvious in this show, uh, you know, the all or nothing thing with the Dallas Cowboys. It's the reason why he's not there. I mean, it's because he showed himself to be that guy that makes life harder in the locker room, and and the main reason is is because of his know-it-all attitude more so than listening mm-hmm. to his coaches and doing what they want that the coaches want him to do or focus in on what they think they need to do because he wants to put what he thinks they should do. 
and and I like that I like that aggressiveness to say this is what we should do, but at the same time you got to be open to listen to your coaches. That's what makes you a good player too. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't listen to coaches and listen because who's I won't be honest, who's going to know more about the defense that you're about ready to go up against is your coaches. You can do all the homework yourself if you're Des Bryant. Now if it's Jason Witten. He might know more than the coaches. But when you're Des Bryant, you don't know what's going to be coming your way defensively. You think you know because you'll watch it that the coaches are going to look at tendencies and things that will happen to make you better. And when you refuse to listen to it, which is what Des Bryant does and he showed in that show, that is the reason why teams are not taking a flyer on this guy. Again, it's going to take someone who's going to lose it. And the Washington Redskins, not that team because they don't need it. Now, the Giants, I, you know, listen, Cuervo, you know, that whole thing up there, the but, circus atmosphere that that is, it could be the perfect well, fit within this division. Yeah, but exactly, because why? Because they take the focus off of Odell Beckham, and the last thing you don't want is Odell Beckham not thinking that he is getting his respect. You better slap a little respect on that name when it comes to Odell Beckham. And that, I, I'm telling you, that's why he isn't going there either. So, you know, for hey, but you got a guy that's a number one over in Philadelphia or in Pittsburgh that wants you because this guy sees the big picture. Because if you don't plan for Des Bryant, guess what? that will be a problem for you because if you put too much attention on Brown, that ball would go to Des Bryant. I, I, and I'm going to tell, I hate to say it because I don't want to see him on the Steelers. I just don't like him, but he makes that wide receiver course so much better. Um, and he would be considered the number two, but really should be number three because of the, the personnel. But his namesake puts him at the number two. And they got a, not just a one-two punch, Cuervo, but like you said, a one-two-three and sometimes even a four-punch if you consider other players. So, I you know. So where do you have Dallas in this whole thing? Do you have them winning the division or do you have them coming in second and Philadelphia taking this whole division? Yeah, so I got Dallas going coming in second and I got the Eagles winning. So – just a little bit different, you know. I, in that division, we're pretty much we're a little bit off on the other one, but that's what makes the show great. You get different ideas, different thoughts, and everything is going to be an interesting year. Now, next week, Guervo, we're on NFC and AFC South or North. Which one do you want to go? Those are the picks. Um, I would say let's go. We can go south. We can go south. Go south. All right, so we're going to go north to south, and then uh, we'll go uh, east and then south and then north, and we'll finish with the, with the uh, west. And there's a reason why I want to finish with the west on the last week before we have the review before week number one, and I'll explain all that a little bit later. There's a couple of guys that I'm watching as far as the uh, Rams I, because I gave the bold prediction, let the cat out of the bag, um, but there's a couple of guys that I'm watching on the Rams. I still right now still think I got the 49ers, but that's the reason why I wanted to play out a little bit in this preseason and find out what ends up happening with the Rams. So that's why I want to go last on them. So, so you kind of got my ideas on what I'm looking at. 
this is going to be good. We got uh, we got plenty of time to get through them. Uh, we'll start a little earlier. We'll take the first half hour and knock around the news and everything, then jump into the division because it looks like two and a half hours that we're going to spend up on uh, both of them. So that's going to do it, Cuervo. We did a, you know another another three hour extravaganza in our back pocket and and in our uh, rear view mirror. And we're looking That's forward right. uh, the the next uh, again. Uh, remember the nineteenth. We will not be on air, and I don't even know if we're going to be able to get on Saturday because I might have to be traveling depending on the loads that are going out there. So that that's one of the reason why I just said, well, we just won't be on that week. If something happens and then we can get on, we'll do it. But if not, we'll just plan it that way. Okay. Sounds like a plan, Sonny. All right, we scrap food. Three hours on the Couch Potato Sports Show, as we always do every Sunday. Make sure you join us every Sunday. We'll get you all squared away and bring everything that you need to know. Next week in FC, AFC South. Everybody have a good week. Enjoy the sports news. We'll talk to you next Sunday. Have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye.